0: Always remember that it's your decisions, not your conditions that make who you are. And a big part of your decisions are like what you do every day, who you surround yourself with, who you allow to have an opinion on your life or to have an influence on your life. That's a big part of who you become.
1: Welcome back to What Are You Saying, the realest podcast in the world, the people's podcast, where listeners can not only learn and grow, but also feel heard and
2: seen. I'm Osama. My name is Muhammad. I'm Salwa. And today's episode is uh, not unique. It's actually special. The reason why is because we decided not to only come back. It's been about two months since the last time everyone's heard from us, but we want to have a discussion. And when you're having a discussion... It's important to obviously get your thoughts out, but it's also more special when you have those on the other side who's actually able to articulate a perspective that gives you more profound insight into the topic as well. And this is why we have two special guests, and we're going to talk about different things pertaining to Islam, especially from the woman's perspective. Because when it comes to the media, when it comes to bloggers and people online, they try to paint Islam in a particular way, but especially when it comes to the woman's status, the role what they're able to do, and even limitations. And I think when you have two people that's very prominent in this field and that are able to give insight into a way that most of us might not know, it's super beneficial. And that's why I'm super thankful, Osama is super thankful that we have Susu and Basma. Welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing today?
3: Amazing, thank you for having us.
0: Doing great, so excited to be here.
2: Now, before we start off, I think it's important that people know who you guys are. So Seuss, I'll start with you. Before you start and give a background as sort your story, um, where could they follow you on Instagram or TikTok or different platforms?
3: So I'm on mostly on TikTok, but on Instagram as well at 4th I'm a single mom. I talk about being a single mom, being divorced, and just pretty much it.
2: And best one for yourself as well, where could they follow you? And probably as far as the topic and content that you cover as well on your channel.
0: Yeah, for sure. People can mostly find me on TikTok at bestmanislam. I pretty much, I would say the range of topics that I talk about are mainly related to like Islamic motivation. So trying to positively influence people through Islamic knowledge.
2: And I think that's a good way to start the conversation because we talk about Islam, a religion that's very beloved. And obviously we are all Muslims as well. We always talk about what Islam is. We explain whether what are the five pillars? We explain who the prophets are, we explain the timeline and the history. And obviously we're always trying to give explanation to those who might not know. But internally, we never really explain what the religion does for us, how it benefits us, how it motivates us, how it motivates us. intrinsically, how it makes us see things that we never see on a daily basis. So my first question to both of you is how does Islam benefit you? What does it do, like what does it do for you personally? That most people might not know
3: uh honestly i feel like it just gives us discipline and it gives us just like a guideline of how we should be living our life you know having like not sure what to do and it's like okay you're lost but you always know that you can go back to the religion you can go back to the quran and you'll know like this is the right path like this is what we're supposed to be doing this is how we're supposed to please our lord and it's really hard being a Muslim living in the West, but at the same time, it's comforting knowing that no matter where you are, you can always rely on your religion.
0: And also, what Islam gives me is peace, and peace not only in the mind, but also in the soul, right? It's like no matter what is happening around the world, whatever is happening in my life, I know that in the end of the day, I could you know, bow down to the one who created all of us and just literally pour my heart my heart out to him because you know obviously he's the Allah subhanahu wa is the one who created everything and he's literally giving us this guide map on how to survive in this life and to me I feel like that's something that if, if you've had low and high points of iman you realize the value of that because as soon as you distance yourself from the deen mm-hmm. you sort of start feeling a bit lost and you know sometimes even misguided and once you're led back and you have that connection with Allah subhanahu wa it's just truly truly...
2: Yeah, beautiful answers. And I think based on what you guys said, it seems like, oh, obviously appears, and it is, that this religion is much more than just what's on paper. It's a spiritual connection. It's a physical physical connection. It's a mental connection as well. There's different ways of taking away from the religion and also how it really motivates you. Um, The next thing I want to ask about is the fact of hijab. Because most people, when they see this, they think as if it's a burden. It's a limitation it's something that muslim women are confined to wearing because they cannot be themselves or express themselves why do you think many people particularly in the west believe that hijab is a burden and can you give light to how it might be the opposite and it might be enlightening it might be modesty it might be humbling it might be powerful empowering for you guys
3: well i think it's just uh, the media that portrays it as something negative But honestly, I can't imagine my life or myself without the hijab. I just, I can't. Like, obviously, like, you can, sometimes you have thoughts. Like, what would my life be? Or, like, if I were to just take it off, you know, like, all these girls are taking it off. Maybe, you know, that's normal to have those sort of thoughts. But I can't. Like, it's just, it's so weird to me. It's a part of who I am. This is how I identify myself as And it truly does humble me. Like, I would never put myself in situations where it would be disrespectful for the hijab. Like, I would never go places where, you know, like, a Muslim woman should not be here. And this is what holds me or, like, stops me from doing that because, like, okay, you have to respect your religion. You have to respect the hijab that you're wearing. So you sort of stray away from things like that. But I can't imagine myself ever taking my hijab off no matter how hard it is no matter where I live it's just this is me you know it it, I feel complete when I put it on when I put it on that's when I know I'm ready to leave like I'm ready to leave the house I just can't picture myself without it
0: yeah I agree I think the negative connotation around hijab for sure comes from you know yeah because think about this way when hijab is the topic of conversation it's most likely around some sort of controversy like You know, God forbid something happened to a woman with relation to, you know, hijab or something like that. But when people see a woman in hijab on the media doing something positive, most likely she's not talking about her hijab, right? She's just an accomplished woman or a woman who did something that happens to be wearing hijab. And usually in the media, when we're talking about hijab specifically, even if you just write hijab news, you will see that it is surrounded by a lot of negative uh, you know controversy obviously given the fact that negative news sells so that's I think a big big you know part of it and you know it's really interesting because when people say do you have the choice to wear the hijab in terms of this world and this life yes right my parents alhamdulillah never forced it upon me in terms of the religion in my perspective it's like no it's like once you know the religion enough you realize that it's really not a choice it's almost like prayer where it's like you're being told you have to pray, right? So we have to do it for the sake of God. And I think one issue though, when it comes around the topic of hijab is people make it seem like it's a little too easy, right? And I think that sometimes creates a problem because the women who are like feeling like they have low e or they're struggling with it, they're like, am I the only one going through this? Like look at all the other hijabis, like living it up and things like that. The reality is we all are struggling through it, right? And the thing is, it's okay to struggle with it it's it's completely fine and you're doing an act you know of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and literally that is the biggest biggest reward if we did have if god did not tell us to wear the hijab i can tell you majority of women would probably choose not to wear it because what woman doesn't want to walk around with their hair flowing in the wind you know and so we do it for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and i think that's the biggest part of it is because for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot of us decide that you know what we don't have the choice we are going to wear it because Allah's parents told us oldest so yeah,
1: that's a great point by the way for honestly to add on to that point I, I agree I just think at the end of the day I look at it two, two, two different perspectives one is a lot of people look at social media like as girls look at social media see their favorite influencers and they'd be like oh I want to be like that so they, my image of being be- beautiful which kind of leads into my next question, but my image of being beautiful is if I look like Nicki Minaj or Beyonce or whoever celebrity, or Kylie Jenner or whatever. But in reality, like I think the specifically I can speak for myself. The older I got, I realized the beauty in with the hijab because I got closer to my religion. I got more old. I got more wiser. And I think a lot of people when you're, when you're, being controlled by the media or by Hollywood and being and thinking that I can only be beautiful by by these limitations, then. You're never gonna see yourself, or you're never gonna accept yourself. So I do believe there's a beauty in a hijab, like humility, modesty, like for a woman to go to her husband and savor her beauty for him. Specifically, for even for a man to have his hijab to him, for him to lower lower his gaze, for him to not look at other women and not to sexualize other women. It goes both ways. I think it's a beauty in both within that, within that. But I just think that Islamically, as you said, Besma, you do it to worship Allah and to like and obviously to get closer to Him as opposed to when you're like looking at Hollywood, if you want to get accepted in this world, it's not going to last a long time because one, we all know looks don't last a long time. It's going to go away 2 You're going to realize that, for example, for like a lot of these people who are like chasing after, you know, worldly pleasures, it's going to kill you. Not, like none of a day. And when I, and the beautiful part about speaking on this platform, with certain people I realize that the more I speak to certain celebrities who are obviously more bigger and like more, I guess, successful than me, it makes me feel that I don't want to be around that energy. Because I just realized it's not happy. And I can tell that they're there's sacrificing something else, which is not, like, natural. And, yeah. Mo, what about you?
3: And, you know, it's never going to come to an end. Something new is always going to come out. New beauty standards never. are always going to come out. You're always going to be changing, always going to be changing. Whereas in Islam, you know, like, you know everything that's about to happen. Like, nothing is going to change. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what do you want to choose? Agreed. You want to follow? beauty standards okay you're gonna continue following it until you die
2: no it's true look at the 80s these people look like zombies with the makeup and the color the neon lights and everything the glow socks um so if you ask a young teenager hey dress like Michael Jackson from like 30 years ago he'd be like no way he looks hideous and stuff right or even Madonna from 40 years ago there's no way and it's gonna be the same thing 40 years from now if you ask like a girl dressed like Kylie Jenner whatsoever there's no way but like you said that Islamic standard is timeless. Doesn't matter the era, doesn't matter the culture, doesn't matter the figures of the time, it's never gonna change. Why? Because Allah created in a way that's ordained to last forever. And it's very simple. If you just follow it and just step into it, over time you do get to see the wisdom behind it. Because I think that's the thing we always forget. There's always a wisdom behind everything in Islam, and we might not see it in a way. And plus, like Osama said, if we're blinded by like, our lust and our desires to be like certain people in society, we don't really get to feel it. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think the question is, when people talk about hijab, the word modesty comes with it as well. It's like a marriage. It really it's a yeah, it's a beautiful marriage between the two. But for some weird reason, people think that modesty is limitation. Modesty is something that you're not, it's not, you're not expressive. There's no way they could really be who you are if you're being modest 100% of the time. Like what pleasure do you get from modesty? No, I want to be myself, I'll be fully free. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. So therefore, modesty is something that's not powerful for women. And what do you say when you see people making videos and maybe interaction in person, when they tell you that, I don't think modesty is a really good thing. So you might wanna step away from it. What do you usually say to that?
3: No. No, that, I don't agree with that at all. I can be myself, and I'm sure Osama sees me all the time. My personality shines through no matter what I'm wearing. And I don't think the hijab puts any sort of limitations to being expressive of who I am. But at the same time, like you need to also have haya. Like, you also like need to be wary of what you're saying and what you're doing because you wear the hijab. And there's nothing wrong with being modest and not like, you wanna express yourself, you can express yourself, but there's also something called like discipline. You need to discipline yourself. You can't just say whatever you want, especially if you're on social media. But to me, the hijab does not limit me at all with the things I say and how I wanna express myself whatsoever. But it doesn't mean like, but like I'm not gonna post dancing videos Like, am I going to sit there and do, like, these dancing trends? Obviously not, because, like, that would be just, like, a joke and a mockery of the hijab. So that's what I mean when I say, like, there are... You have to be disciplined as well. Like, it's not that I wanted to do the dance videos, but I'm just saying, like, because I wear the hijab, I'm not going to do that. It's unnecessary.
0: When it comes to modesty, I can tell you for sure that hijab does add a huge sense of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Like Susu said, because what ends up happening is, like, when you're wearing hijab, you're like, wait, like I also have this external image of being a Muslim, so I need to also like watch myself. Like it's this weird sense of accountability. And I think anybody who took the phase of like either taking off the hijab and putting it back on, you sort of realize it because obviously when you're not really wearing the hijab, most people don't know you're Muslim. It's like you can do whatever you want. Obviously, Allah subhanahu wa is watching, but in the end of the day, people don't actually know you're Muslim. People don't mm-hmm. know that you're part, you know, part of this community. I think, though, on the opposite end, like you like you said, Muhammad is people do feel like modesty means, some people think it means, oh, you have to be this, like, boring individual, right? And I think that's something that I've at least struggled with a little bit, specifically when it comes to people called, quote-unquote, haram police, right? A little bit about myself, I'm Egyptian. Egyptians, we like to joke around. We like to have fun. We like to, you know, make jokes. And this is something that I'm personally struggling with right now, where it's like, where can I be myself? to be my authentic self making people laugh right saying quirky things here and there without constantly being you know how do police they're being told oh you know always be this like robot and even if we look at the story of prophet muhammad peace be upon him you see he was a very funny guy right even his wives they all had personalities so i'm not sure where this idea came from that like to be modest especially a modest woman you have to not have a personality or you have to be somebody who's like very like hidden I don't understand. I think it primarily comes from culture, but I see. But I, I would say that's like a huge uh, thing that maybe not only I'm struggling with, but perhaps a lot of Muslim women who are trying to be more modest, who are trying to be more practicing, and they're feeling like in the process people are being like, you have to lose a sense of your personality, right? But again, Susu, as you said, accountability is a big part of it. Where it's like, where do we draw the line? Where you have a personality, but at the same time, not be a part of fitna or not cause.
2: know yeah so and that's a beautiful point and uh that's the whole thing it's for me since day one it's like either you'll be referred to as the example of what not to do or referred as an example of what to do and that's the whole fight for all of us as creators muslims in the west yeah, it's like one of those things you want to be referred to as the person in the example of what to do. So therefore, they see the blessing as opposed to being referred as the example of what not to do. So you're seen as a traitor, a person that took the religion for granted. Right. And I loved how you talked about the personalities, especially when you talked about the Prophet, peace be upon him, his wives, because people don't really study the sirah. So if you don't, you don't realize how diverse the sahaba and the personality was not everyone was just like militant and just like super obedient people are very loud some people are timid some people are very modest some people are humbling some people are very funny and when you study the Sirah, you see how they're all able to interact and have a love for each other that was non you couldn't compare and that's why the, obviously they're the greatest generation amongst everyone in human history and i think When it comes to culture, there's certain things that we do in our culture growing up. You might think that's part of the religion. I know for myself growing up, I thought there were certain things in African culture. I thought that was entwined with Islam until you get older and you realize like, no, this is not a norm. This is not part of the religion. It's a culture indoctrinated through generations and people believe it's a part of it, right? How do you navigate as far as taking some things from the culture, leaving it out or asking questions to make sure that is this valid on a religion? Are we allowed to do this? And if not, why is this such a standard practice in our culture?
3: Being Lebanese, we care so much about culture. We so much about culture and it, it has overcome Islam so much. And that's exactly when I was growing up, I took tradition m- more serious than I did religion. Because what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Like, you know, that it's just, it boggles my mind that the older I got, and I'm just like, wait, so that's like, it's not Fard for me. Like, I don't have to like, so Islam says we do this and not this. I don't know. I don't know why we take culture and tradition so seriously to heart more than we do religion. And I, I don't even have an answer to that. But all I know is that the family that I grew up in we care so much about culture and tradition so much more than Islam. You, I don't know. It's just, but I honestly, I don't even have an answer to that because I'm still trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. That's honestly such a good point. Cause I think Egyptians, it's a bit of a balance. Like you'll find people who are like extremely religious in the, you know, Egyptian community. You only, you know, follow religion against a lot of things in the culture. And then you'll find people that are like purely culture and, you know, belly dancing like for example some people in their egyptian wedding they have to have a belly dancer like it's literally like a part of their quote unquote religion right it's like if if a guy comes up to me and he's like oh i want to get married but there has to be a belly dancer like if i say no he's like are you like insane like do you have like you know do you need like help um so it is quite interesting and i don't know maybe media had a part of it maybe it's just like seen as uncool to have you know some sort of religious standards cuz this is what the media has been you know pushing and I mean I'm not gonna lie a lot of the things in the culture that we're talking about are low-key fun right so a lot of people like they're like I just want to have a good time right so to them it's like the easier route but then there's other things that are not that fun like for example women having to be in the kitchen all the time like I recently learned that on Eid Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him told like even the woman to go to the masajid to celebrate outside I was like in our cultures a lot of women are just stuck in the kitchen mm-hmm. cleaning the dishes and doing things like that so it is quite interesting I think the only way to honestly figure out what's culture and what's religion is to like learn the religion Education. because culture is all around, us, yeah. all around us and sometimes it like lures the line so I would say the only way is to just like learn the religion and then teach it to others so that like I guess people sort of know what's in the religion and then what came to be due to like generation after generation
1: now, I was just gonna say quickly. I think a huge thing also because like I'm Palestinian, also culturally, you know, we do like certain like debt care, or whatever it might be. But I think thing is sometimes like to Selwa's point. he's saying that when you grow up, you think a lot of this is part of your religion, especially when you're a kid. Like you're like, oh, this is all acceptable, acceptable. But I, I, Muhammad to your, to your point is like, you, you go older, you're like, no, no, no. But I think a huge part is that when you start hanging out with people who are a little bit more religious than you, because when, when I've known Muhammad for like 22 years now. And by far, he's helped me with my religion to the point where it's like, like I don't... Not like, not like I was bad. I, just, I want to pre- preface that. But I, I'm not where I am now. But I do want to say that sometimes you start learning from people who are not even your race and then you realize, like, wow. like That's why like, the beautiful part of religion is, like, you learn so much from different stories and people. You're like, man, this guy is not... This, it's like, he's not even... like is not even Arabic and like, knows his religion better than I do. He doesn't even speak Arabic. So I'm like, I started learning from him and his stories and it was like his deen and, by, and I always tell people like, he's the reason why I became way better with my deen, like praying five times a day, never missing the salah is because of him. And I think it's really important, like with cultures, like as you said, best friends. really like, of course, have fun with your culture, but also to make sure you pick out which is not really good and which is which is okay to have, because you should be proud of from where you're from. Never like,
2: never disown it. No, it's true. Um, Even for myself, my culture, Ghanaian African culture, um, one thing that's very prominent, I guess, is the masculinity. Like for us as men, obviously to be raised as men, but to the point where you don't really show feelings or empathy th- towards women. So you kind of neglect what they have to go through. For them, it's just like making sure everything is done the food, kids, and everything. And plus, you have to work most of the time. Where we live they work as well and make the money selling the food and everything and having to come back home and continue that process and there's no thank you there's no appreciation none of that whatsoever so because of that it's kind of built in them to not feel a sense of appreciation or empathy and then plus even amongst many like amongst ourselves it's hard for us to show feelings so we're not gonna be sad or even have tears or even say like i love you to our kids and stuff right and then once you grow older Arabs (laughs) Arabs. <laughs> Arabs are different. Arabs are yeah, you, once you grow older, you realize it's totally different from the the sunnah, right? And even for myself, for me, like my idea was like when I got married, I'm like, growing up, I always wanted to make sure that if anything there was no music in my wedding, but I knew that kind of be tough because the culture and everything. But at the same time, I didn't want certain fitness to start happening amongst like young guys and girls and stuff like that. So I always prayed like nothing would ever happen at my wedding. And Alhamdulillah, like at my wedding. There was no music played whatsoever, um, and it was just very small, Neither quiet, whatsoever. and just straight to the point. Right? I didn't want extra things from the culture just to take away from this blessing yeah. between myself and the person to be um, spend the rest of my life with. Right? So it's tough, but I think once you make that step and have a firm stance that it's the religion, nothing else, people respect it. They have to because if not, then what are we Muslims for? Right? Because it's one thing to be a Muslim, but like you guys said. Everywhere you go, unbeknownst to yourself, you're actually a representation, a physical representation of the religion wherever you go, wherever you speak to. And even if people don't talk to you, they look at you, they're witnessing every action you do, whether to see that this religion is really true or not, which is insane.
3: I was going to say that, um, I don't know, um, I've heard of Adat or Taqaleed. Like, we take that very seriously. Like, we take that very seriously. And when it comes to weddings, if there's no Zafi and the best DJ, like, it's not a wedding. It's not a wedding without that. That's the first thing that yeah. Arab look for, or at least Lebanese, at least my, like my like close like family members. If there's, like, the first thing is like, okay, well, we need to get the DJ. Like, we need to get the Zafi. Like, that's, like, the number one thing that we need to get. We take that stuff very seriously. That's very are true people going to say we need to have the best of the best or else like, they're going to talk about the wedding and, and i have an aunt that exactly. is a niqabi she's like inshallah like very religious and she's very strong in her stance and like she doesn't let anybody persuade her into doing things she doesn't want to do and like i all like amazing like i wish i had that sort of discipline like her to be like you know what you're going to have music i'm going to sit this one out Whereas me, I'm just like, there's gonna be music. I'm gonna be there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a trying to figure out, like, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to just stay home or go enjoy myself? Like everybody listens to music. Everybody dances.
1: Yeah, Drake all the way. I'm just joking, but <laughs> <laughs> even for Palestinians, like, uh, this is, I felt Like my, my my sister had a Zephyr for her wedding. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, pretty interesting. Obviously, I think for Palestinians or Lebanese, obviously Zephyr, obviously Egyptians have their own thing. Africans have their own thing. There's certain traditions you'll always hang on to, just because that's what you grew up with. Like, for example, Palestinians, like, I don't know, like if knafeh went out of my life, even though there's no, mm-hmm. if, if someone told me knafeh was haram, I'll probably cry. Like, I'm gonna break that rule. <laughs> I'm breaking that rule. But I, uh, to your point about adad al Takalid, yeah, of course. I think at the end of the day, certain you're so attached to that tradition because it could be nostalgic for you. But you just know it's it's not going to take you away from your deen and you know how to control it. Yeah. But if there's, a, if there's a certain tradition or culture thing that's going to take you away from your tradition, I would say stop it.
3: Everyone's trying to up one, yeah. one another. It's like, oh, a wedding's got to be better than the other. We see them? Yeah, we're going to have a better wedding than them. Got to make it a little bit bigger. better.
1: That's that's Arabs for you, though. It's yeah, like, I mean... oh. That's Arabs for you. It's like, oh, you don't have time at your wedding? I'm like, I don't have the funds for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I personally just said, to recap, is like, a lot of things as long as they don't take away from allah or like islam i don't think i think it's fine like for example like said was mentioning for weddings like my sister who got married like a year ago had a zeff and i think zeff is like just culturally it's part of it like you know to show how the, like the girl like you know going getting married show the whole like, i guess the whole neighborhood and i think also part of it is you know for palestinians it's like it's a tradition. like it has to happen it's like there's no palestinian family's gonna not have their daughter not have a zeff in a sense but this certain you are not gonna have a zeff Really? Oh, true. That's so interesting. I don't know. I, th- I think, really?
4: I don't think Damn. I'm going to have a wedding. You're the first Palestinian guy I've heard wedding. Saying that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I want to have, seriously. <laughs> I think I want like a simple nikah and then close friends and families and call it a day. Like, no, so let
1: me ask you a question then. One. So obviously you're being Palestinian, you know, Arabs are known for big weddings. Why are you choosing to have a smaller, smaller wedding?
4: Um, I think growing up, like I grew up back home for a couple years, I've seen weddings and we've enjoyed weddings. I like the whole concept of weddings being separated, men on one side, women on one side. In Canada, it's a bit tough, but that's not the only problem. Another issue is for me, I don't like the judgment of our culture and the judgment that's put upon like us especially in our generation, it's everything is really expensive. And it's like you need to have a big wedding to to be known and you need to dress up and your makeup and your hair and your outfit and the zefit and the food has to be like top notch. To me I'm just like I don't want that. Like I just want something very simple and I don't even wanna invite a lot of people to even give them a chance to even think about judging me. (laughs) So I I made the decision I think two years ago. To want a smaller wedding, and honestly, personally, I the the older I get, the more I'm just like, yeah, that's okay, and it's normalized. Also, after COVID, everybody did the smallest wedding in their backyard, and I think that's where it normalized it and started it. That was the trend, right? Everybody else after that kept doing small weddings and <laughs> having these really.
1: Yeah, that was that yeah. was a that, uh, that
2: was Muhammad. He did a small wedding. Yeah, so like. Saved a lot of money, thank God.
3: <laughs> That's the thing, like, yeah, like- these big <laughs> weddings for what? Like, you throw these big weddings to impress other people. You're not really doing it for yourself. Whereas, like, the way we see it, it's like, okay, we went to this, per- we were invited to this person's wedding, and we gave an old like, we gave them, like, a gift, like, money gift to them, $250. So we're going to invite them back so they can give that back. You know, like, well, I, I went to their wedding and I gave their daughter this and I gave their son this amount of money. We're going to invite them because, as I said, they're going to come back and they're going to do the same thing. So you're pretty much doing it, as I said, to yeah. one another, pretty much, through who can throw the better yeah. wedding. And you're just spending money and you're starting your marriage off in debt. Like my brother threw a huge wedding, yeah. right? He spent around $30,000 on this wedding. And he got a lot of like gifts, like money, from the guests and he left with 124 dollars extra that's it after paying off all everything paying off the djs and the cakes and you know the decorate decorating stuff he ended up with 124 dollars in his pocket and he took his wife out for dinner like that's all he ended up with
4: you're right you're right about that i think even even with me planning it i think a lot of people came up to me saying it's fine if you invite a lot of people you know that person is gonna give you this much you know on my side we're gonna give you this much and i'm just like but but what if you don't yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go on debt i'm gonna be broke my partner is gonna be broke and then what (laughs) it's not worth it i just don't want to take the chance like just keep it small keep it simple invite people that you know close by people i mean my family itself i'm not saying my what my my nikah is gonna be small i mean there's like 60 people from my side and i'm just like yeah that's that's my side being small those are close people those are uncles and cousins I'm like you know me keeping it small is still big (laughs) but you're right you're right about like people wanting to be on top of each other and like I've I've seen it within my own family like oh so-and-so let's invite so-and-so because they invited us and we've done this for them and I've seen it I've seen it happening and it's 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 weird it's like why does it why is it always a, a i take i give back and that's how it is it's like you're not technically you're not really giving any, the bride or the groom anything it's 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 also on debt for the parents too it's debt yeah. on everybody
2: <laughs> and i think that's uh I that leads to a beautiful question a lot of people when it comes to marriage there's so much things to consider right obviously who to marry who to invite where to have the wedding the budget is going to be perfect nothing can go wrong expectations, the pressure from both sides. Um having this this discussion and with you guys here, number one, when it comes to marriage, what do you guys look for when it comes to marriage? Because a lot of people, especially young guys, they've been asking me this whole time when we're like leading up to this episode, they want to know what does you guys think about when it comes to marriage? Because for them, it's one of those things you're indoctrinated with all these weird beliefs and all these weird bloggers and all these weird ideas what does a muslim woman think about marriage and what are they looking for so they could become that person as opposed to just using this like risology that they see from their friends and stuff like that and approach it the wrong way you want to know what they can do to be men as opposed to being boys so when you guys are looking for marriage what are the qualities the aspects and the respect and manner that you want and expect when looking for a spouse as opposed to what you guys usually see with guys doing like oblivious things most of the time?
3: Um, I, if I were to think about getting married again, I want a man that is stable, like stability, um, financially, mentally, emotionally stable, a provider, you know, someone that will provide for me, not just financially, just as well emotionally, someone that is not immature, someone that's mature and is able to Really understand how a woman feels and not just try to resolve whatever she's going through, but like actually listen. Um, and I don't know. We just need like a man. We don't need like a little boy. I don't know how to explain it. It's and also like also a, a father figure, someone that you want to raise your boys, someone that you can rely on. Because that's not my experience personally, like I fear for my boys because I see their dad and I'm just like, oh, my God, like I fear for my boys growing older and end up being like their dad, like as sad as that is. And I feel like the only reason why I would think about getting married is to have a more mature and stable father figure in their life because boys need their father. And unfortunately, he's not he's not a good one. He's not a good role, mo- role model for my boys
0: so so strong on the mentally stable because when you were like stable i was like mentally mentally stable i completely Mm -hmm. agree with because i think like honestly like somebody who practice is on like practices praise five times a day like people think like oh you have to be like a shift. no you don't have to be this a shift. like even prophet muhammad my companion asked him like what gets me to Jannah. he's like literally just pray your five times prayer and you're good to go but the thing is i think a lot of people aren't even doing that right like they're not even trying to like pray their five times a day like on the outside it looks like it but i think a lot of times when you get to know someone for marriage you realize a lot of people are actually not praying like a lot of people don't actually know the importance of prayer right and that's literally the most basic thing in our in our religion i think like another thing is like if you're gonna expect something out of your spouse then you should be following the same thing right like a guy Mm -hmm. cannot be like to his wife like you have to wear hijab you have to remove all makeup you have to remove yourself from social media but then I go on his Instagram and he's following half-naked women, literally models that are wearing bikinis. Like, I'm sorry, words, you know, the hayat in that, right? So I think that as well is like double standards. You can't have this like mentality that your wife has to be this like perfect angel. Meanwhile, you are, you know, doing things that are like haram on behind the scenes. Um, and as Susu said, like has to be a good, you know, father figure. Like, how do you want your your children that are men to be like, this is what you have to replicate. And I think even for the woman, the same thing, how would we like our daughters to be like, we need to start, you know, working towards Mm -hmm. that as well, because it is a a learning process, right? Nobody's perfect. We're all trying to be the best versions of ourselves. So I think that's, you know, a big part of it. And a a last thing that I want to say is also um, emotional maturity. Like, I think a lot of we were talking about culture and I think in our culture it's very expected that men don't talk about their emotions, right? That men uh, sort of have this like very logical standpoint and I feel like a lot of men are forcefully fed this and fed this to be very logical, have zero count for emotion. And I think a lot of men have to understand that a lot of women are emotional beings, right? We are going to have emotions. Not everything is going to be 100% logical. And the best advice that I can give to men is it's not what you say but how you say it. Because to a woman, what you tell her doesn't make a difference. It's mm-hmm. how you say it. You could say two things the exact same way. She gets triggered by one thing just because of the way you said it. Um, so, yeah, just like one food for God is men and women are completely different. And I think both genders going into this process just need to acknowledge that. that you know, I just
3: want to add yeah. to what you said about praying five times a day. Though you are right, it's not always the case because my ex used to pray five times a day. And he was probably like doing things and I not probably like he was doing things on the down low outside the house. And as well as his whole family, they're very religious. They just came back from Hajj. His mom and dad just came back from Hajj and his dad prays five times a day and his mom prays five times a day. But unfortunately, they feel like if they make their five prayers, it's okay to be the way they are. Because, you know, I'm praying five times a day is well, Allah Allah's going to forgive me, forgive me no matter what. I'm making my five prayers. This is farid on me. Like, I wish that that was the case. I really did. But it, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for me. And it's not a lot of case, it's a, a, not like for a lot of women, because there are men who feel like, OK, I'm going to pray my five times, my five prayers. But I'm still going to be an a-hole. I'm still going to be a bad person. I'm going to still do things behind your back. So, I don't know. I feel like it, it's not just the five prayers, it's also their morals. Someone that has morals and someone that has fear in God. Not just, oh, I did my five prayers, but also you feel, you have a feeling, you have a connection with those five prayers where you wouldn't want to do anything outside. It's discipline.
4: It's discipline by the end of the day. If a guy is going to leave his house and do whatever he wants, it's discipline. It's it's. It comes down to Like, you know, the whole term of men can cheat on their woman and still love their woman. But when a woman cheats on a man, it's because she's emotionally invested in the other man. And it's apparently true because men look at it like it's just a one time, And I just love the woman that I have in my life. But it's the discipline that differentiates. It's the discipline that keeps them thinking, no, like this is wrong. This is haram. This is not right also it's um it's toxic masculinity around like going around the the whole concept of a guy can do whatever uh and you know he's still fine versus in the end it's always the the, the comeback comes to the wife and the kids it's always like wife's fault no matter what no matter what it's always the wife's fault and then we're going going back to praying i agree with susu too like i've 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 met people like that right where they prayed five times a day but even yesterday, I asked my mother, I was like, why is it that people pray? And I thought that Salah amud al deen which is prayers are the pillar, right? It's, it's, it's one of the pillars of Islam, right? So you look at it and you're like, but that will keep you from doing the haram. Isn't that true? my mom said, yeah. And I was like, that's not true because I know people that prayed and still did the haram and still cheated and still went out clubbing and still drank. And So where where is it that you guys say, if I pray, I don't sin? She's like, it's not that you don't sin. But she was like, people pray because they're used to praying. It's a habit. It's not ibadah. People don't pray because, yeah, it's the motion. My mom is like, when I, when I hear the event, I get up and I pray because I'm used to that. But she's like, even me as a human, sometimes I forget. It, what, why am I even praying? It's Because I'm doing this for the sake of Allah, but people forget that. And having people with no ibadah is completely different than just doing the movements and just call it and say, I pray. I mean... That's why, for me, I remember at one point in my life, I've met so many girls that said, I don't want a guy with a past. I would never settle with a guy with a past. I don't agree with that anymore. I feel like if someone turned around and flipped a page and became a good person Allah done, why not, right? Because I've met the good, and they weren't good. I've met the, the, the half of the prayers, the people that prayed, but they weren't good. They did Everything else, like sister said that was bad, but they prayed, so like i agree I agree with 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 her point when she mentioned that it's not everything, yeah, it's important, but that is not like everything it's also character, it's also um i like one thing I always carry on is don't settle for potential, don't settle for oh, I think he's like this or. Potentially, he might be like this, or I can change him. It's the term we all use: is I can change him, or I think I can change him. It's to settle for what's in front of you, because what's in front of you is almost ninety percent of what you're gonna get, and you can't change them. So a lot of girls around, you know, in my generation, or girls that are looking towards marriage, or girls that are looking to the, you know, to find a spouse or husband, even within myself, and I think that's an eye opening to me too. Is look for what's in front of you not for potential but to me I've always had this ideal I can change this person I can I can help this person I can I can make them good I can make but it's never the case and it's always it always turns around and hurts me or hurts others and then we blame ourselves thinking like what went wrong what happened you chose the wrong person and you knew it for that from day one you've seen the red flags as they call them red flags but you still went for it he painted he, he he painted your sky red and you thought you thought it was a sunset instead of seeing it as this is toxic or this is not right or this is wrong whatever so it's 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 also social media plays a huge role and i feel like nowadays what do we settle for what is right what is what is right is sometimes not politically right what is right is sometimes not social media right if if you guys get what i'm trying to say right you settle for this a good guy and he's a simp you settle for someone that isn't toxic and you think they got issues it's flipped it's like what do you settle for now that's the question what is what is yeah. good for you what are
2: your so thoughts I'm, about Sma?
0: that i didn't say prayer is everything right oh, no, that's I know not that. what i meant but i'm just saying that yeah a lot of people do not and the whole point that i'm saying that is because as we said, culture is inter- intertwined in religion, right? And a lot of a lot of especially men, they get their content from social media. And what ends up happening is a lot of men who don't pray, right? Or who don't even care, have a care for the religion will start all of a sudden having a care for the religion. But guess what? When it comes to you, when it comes to me doing my religious practices, but he doesn't have to do it, right? And to me, that's where the issue lies. Is like, if you're not even doing your own actions, first of all, like that to me is a red flag right and this is what i've experienced read this in my stories like people that don't pray or don't do this are the ones that expect me to bring everything religious wise to the table but they're they're not being you know held accountable they're not personally holding themselves accountable and to me that's where the yes. that's where the issue lies but absolutely like a is is great i think like one issue that i'm seeing and i don't know if other people are facing but a lot of people that do have everything religious wise a lot of times don't have Aslah And I've I've realized that as well. And that's where it's like, where do you find the balance? And honestly, this is why I think marriage, just like everything else, a big part of it is faith. Because like, not none of us are perfect. And if two people are meant to be together, Allah is going to eat the process. And it's just going to happen, right? Sometimes people settle for things mm-hmm. that they never thought they would agree with. But because they found this person that they're like, you know what, I think I could live with that person with this thing that I never thought I would be okay yeah. with. It just happens. So it's like, it's part of Qadar and like, that's, I guess. You just have to
3: find someone worth sacrificing that for. <clears throat> you have to really like the person because exactly. like being married, it's a job. It's something that you have to put effort in every single day. It's not like, okay, we're married now. You know, you don't have to put any effort. You have to put effort. And if there are things that you don't agree with that this person does, it's like, everybody has their own standards. So it's like, I don't think you're Uh worth me, you know, settling, but you have more things that I like, but I also do things that I don't like, but you're worth settling for, you know what I mean? It's just trying to find the right person that's willing to accept the things that you don't agree with.
2: I think one question I have to ask, especially conversations I have with a lot of young Muslim brothers, those who are trying to be on the deen and they're in that fight, you know, with their friends doing certain things. And they know what's right and it's tough for them to do that because they might be the only one um a lot of guys when it comes to meeting sisters and everything they do something that's called wasting their time so instead of being like hey i actually want to get to know you i want to marry you and such and such within this manner and then after six months we can meet the parents it turns into something that's like six months one year two years and by the time you know it he's talking to hafsa and someone else and everything and it's over right when it comes to actually potential, looking for someone, do you have more respect? If someone's interested in you, I'm interested in you, but not only my want to marry you, but I have no problem going to your dad right now, getting his permission to see if he's actually okay for me to talk to you and obviously going forward as opposed to, hey, let's try to figure this out for a few, for a few months and then we'll see where it goes from there. What do you guys... Think when yeah, people try I'm, to do I'm that.
3: conflicted when it comes to that because I think it's because I'm divorced and I'm turning 35. I'm, I'm much older, I'm much more mature, much more responsible. I have a lot of responsibility. Like, I'm very, very independent. So, I like to do things on my own. But I also, like, it's honorable. It's like, oh, this person, like, wants, respects me and wants to talk to my dad first and ask for permission. But I also, because I do get a lot of marriage proposals, if I were to do that, like go talk to my dad, like it'll be just, and I'm not trying to say anything. Please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying it'll be too much. Like I would rather vet first. I would rather vet first and see, is this person compatible with me? Where, you know, they're good enough to introduce to my dad? Or like, I would would rather, because like I know my dad. I know my dad. I know what he would like and what he wouldn't like. But I also have experienced marriage and I've also dealt with men before. So I also know what I like. So I feel like for me personally, which may not be the case for Besma or Sahar, I would rather vet first. I would rather talk to this person and get to know them first, ask the questions that I want first before bringing in a third party, which is, would be my father or my brother. What do you think, Besma?
0: Yeah, I think that's the dilemma. Because eh? like, recently so in the past like i've been the type of person where it's like no i'm gonna vet them first and then i'll send them over to my dad right and i've done that for the longest time and then now i'm like nope they need to go through my dad first right but the thing is like what i realize is a lot of the people that come through my parents or whatever like they're straight up trying to raise up my parents and not me And I, at this point it's just like bro like how am i gonna know if you're gonna be a good romantic husband who's gonna rizz me up right like this person's out here trying to be, like, all good to my dad. But to me, it's like, I don't know if there's actually chemistry. And I think this is where I'm starting to have a struggle. because yeah. It's like, where do you find this balance, <laughs> right? I think both of them have pros and cons. And Islamically, absolutely, they should go to, through the dad 100%. At the same time, like, yeah. if a man does do that, bro, remember who you're going to marry. Like, you're not going to marry her dad. You're going to marry her. So you, you should also put effort towards trying to impress her and not just her dad her mom being yeah. worthy is i have a feeling some people think like oh if her parents approve then they're gonna force her to approve too right but it's like we're living in a generation where parents cannot force their kids like it just because the dad says yes or the parent says yes yeah they're gonna pressure the daughter but women these days we stand up for ourselves we're like i'm not interested i'm not impressed and the girl's gonna say no right so i think that's just something to consider it's like for me personally, I do appreciate when they go through the dad first because it shows that they like have respect for me, that they won't waste my time. Because mm-hmm. I have been talking to guys in the past who are like this religious guy. Everybody in the masjid knows them, but they don't even, they're not serious. And it, it, might, it might fall into their own commitment issues. They have, you know, things that they have to work through. But I think from those experiences, I've realized it's important to look in the dad. But again, if they go through the dad, just remember that, it's not only about impressing the parents like you also have to create a connection with the girl that you're considering to marry as well.
4: I agree with both of you guys. I think a healthy balance is finding a balance like a balance between hey or this is how I would do it or even how I did it. You know, I've always been the type to be like I've I've had my talking stages where, you know, I want to know if this person is really for me. And I've had men that said I want to ask you for your I want to ask you for your hand, and the first thing they do is talk to my mom. That never went well <laughs> because a lot of men, they stop valuing not all, but a lot of men stop valuing you know parents or they just think you know whatever I'll just talk to her mom, but I won't talk to your dad you know. And I've I've realized that I tell my friends when they're like, how do I know the person is really in for marriage? I'm like right off the bat, tell him meet my dad. See his reaction. Just well, just based on his reaction. He might even say yes, but based on his expression. If he has a a a face or he's not satisfied, run. Run because he's not in it. He's not in it for marriage. Because a guy that's listen, I always knew this and I have six brothers.
2: Or hold on, you said if six brothers? Won,
4: <laughs> if he wanted, he could. I and he would. I got six brothers and I'm the only daughter. <laughs> So one thing I know is men are like, if I want that, I will get that. That's what it is. If I want this person, I will get that person. That's what I want. That's what I'll get. But if a guy doesn't want it, he'll go around and try to flip it around and say, wait, I, we need to get, in, get to know each other, all that BS. Personally speaking, how I approached it, spoke to the person, the my first fiance. I told my parents right off the bat. And I thought that was a mistake because I didn't meet him around COVID and I, I didn't know the person and I just wanted marriage and I saw potential, I saw prayer, I saw Quran, I saw this this amazing guy and I'm just like, that person, that's it. I, I, I mean, you pray? What, really? Whoa, okay, perfect, let's do it. That's how it was and God engaged right away did I know I actually didn't know the person I didn't even know his family I barely ever even seen him like I saw him three times with a one-year engagement like so it's 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 it was tough on me and my parents when we when we broke it off it was really tough my my parents were it it kept a border for them when I introduced the second guy they were like no 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 I don't want to meet him I don't want to talk to him I don't care about him My dad, I sat with my dad and I was like, "Bob, I'll be honest with you. I spoke to him for a month. I want to introduce him. He's like, not, 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 that's too soon. So I was like, but so you want me to talk to him and not tell you? And he's like, no, tell me, but I don't want to meet him right now. And so, you know, this is for you. This is the guy. Come introduce him. My dad said this to me. And it was shocking because I've always, my dad has always been such a like hard shell, you know? Boys, guys. I mean, he's a Palestinian father, like, off the, but i sat him down and i was like it's either i keep this away from you or i tell, I tell, I tell you and i rather tell you and mom and they appreciated it and after a couple months like after it wasn't long but after three four months i was like i think it's time for you to bring your parents i'm not doing this back and forth and i met the person and i saw them you know in person and i've met the parents before i even introduced them to my parents i wanted to know his living situation his family like right and then i introduced him to my parents but i felt like that was always a way of reminding him i got i got people mess up and i got six brothers behind me screw up and i got like 60 cousins behind me it was always an approach where i'm like i'm not trying to scare you but you signed up for this <laughs> so you know there is nothing wrong with the person not being your person you go through that whole talking stage even islamically talking with with a muhram or talking with a third person because you're trying to get that to know that person right but i feel like people think if it doesn't work out it's 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 horrible i mean it's it's trials and marriage is a big deal like marriage is serious it's a commitment it's it's like like you mentioned you got to keep going you got to keep trying you got to keep keep keeping the spark going right or eventually it becomes boring and then people start feeling like did I make a mistake marrying this person should I settle for other other people and nowadays with our generation it's the whole I've realized and I don't know why and you guys give me your opinion but why is it that we always try to look for the smallest problem to run away nowadays it's always divorce rates are so high and I'm not talking about the women that are abused in relationships I'm talking about women in my generation are just like oh he didn't do this for me like i'm done or their friends being like you will get another person there's so many too many fish in the sea like you can get so many men it's okay girl don't settle for less and <laughs> i never understood the concept because i've always been a ride till i die type of person <laughs> and and it's toxic it makes you think okay, i can get that person and that's, break up with them and get another person them. and then and then where is the where do when do i settle when do i have my own life when am i content with my life right so what do you guys think
3: um yeah they, i mean they do people do find the smallest issues to like run away but i feel like they just have issues with commitment and they're just really insecure on the inside and just or maybe they just don't value the other person enough to want to put the effort in because as i said as i mentioned like Um, You have to find the right person to put the effort because if this person, if you don't value this person, you're not going to put any effort into it because you just don't care about this person. You don't respect this person enough to put that sort of effort in to keep the marriage going. That's my opinion.
4: Honestly, um, I I feel like, or I've realized, most of the time, I'm not going to say half of the time, most of the time, when a girl comes to you with problems or relationship problems, it's mostly because she wants to fix the problem. It's she wants advice because she wants to stay, but she doesn't know what to do. I've been in situations where I genuinely needed pure advice. And all I heard was, just leave, just leave. And I'm just like... But I don't want to, like, but there's so many good, like, there is this and this and this and this and then leave for this. Yeah, if he can't do this, leave. But then when do I, when am I going to find pers- a person that is perfect when nobody's perfect, right? And it's, and it stresses me out sometimes. It makes me think, I guess I'm not for each anybody. If, if everybody's a red flag, everybody's toxic, oh, he spoke to you like this, leave him, leave him. What are you even doing? Why are you even with him? But I'm just like, well, then I start shifting it and blaming myself. So I would go, so-and-so did this. And it's upsetting me, and I don't know what to do and how to approach it. And then I would see the response of, what? That person did that? Leave them. So then I go, but I'm not innocent. And I did this. And if anything, I started it. I start shifting it and blaming myself to make that person look good for me to get accepted and be like, okay, you know what? I did that. That person is good. So when it was my fault, that person is good, but they didn't think you're not good for that person because you did all that. They're always on your side, right? Okay. If you started it, you know what? You can blame it on whatever. You just tell him you guys can work it out. But if it was just purely him, break up with him or leave him or end it or whatever it is. And it's, it, it gets it gets frustrated. Like you get you get you start thinking, okay, then who do I go to for advice? So and I honestly like I started contacting honestly like Sheikhs. Like a Sheikh because I wanted to see a male's perspective. Because usually women are more emotional. And women will always side with women, not majority of the time, but I mean not always, but majority of the time. they will always be like you're my girl, I'll side with you. So then I had to reach out to men and be like, what do you guys think? What am I doing wrong? And what wh- what can I do to fix my mistakes? Because I know I, I'm very self-aware. I know I did this and I don't know how to how to deal with it. And I know I did this and I know this is the root of my problem. And and what do I do? And you see a whole different shift, a whole different perspective. You see, uh you see um he did this and you did this rather than he did it, leave. And it it's like It sucks, but then I think, I think a woman, that's where we go back to having male figures in your life, having a strong male figure in your life. Even going back to the first point that Selma made is having a father figure for her children. That goes back to having men in your life. And I'm not talking about boys, I'm talking about men. I'm talking about a guy that can sit down and and be reasonable. You know, uh, having a father figure, a brother figure, a, a, a male figure that that is good to you. Um, girlfriends will not always be there when you need them for certain things. They can be there emotionally, but sometimes not logically. And, and you wanna balance. So I think normalizing speaking to a male figure, like a sheikh or a father or a brother should be a thing you know and there's nothing wrong with that
1: that's very true yeah i, I definitely agree i'll just want to add on to your point you guys said a lot of great points what do you guys think? Like, about like you know <laughs> guys and boys but the one thing i couldn't say about because you're talking about sometimes asking for advice and i can also say like i'm not married by any means nor am i talking to anybody but sometimes when I have like friends who are married ask me for advice, I will never, never tell anybody to go, well, even if it's a girlfriend or boyfriend situation, I will never tell them to leave unless I feel like they're being used. And I'm like, listen, I've seen this before. I think you should definitely leave. But a lot of the times people like from opposite sex or even like similar, like if it's a girl to girl, or boy to boy is because they're jealous. They don't want to see their friend get married first or whatever it might be, which kind of goes back to intention. And after you've been asked, like, again, like, like I'm 28 and I'm, I'm still young, but sometimes when you've been asked, when you ask for, for advice, you can tell which one's bad, which one's good. So really you have to start filtering it out. And similar with guys and boys, like I can tell this one advice I can tell people who are, for girls who are not married, is just look at their friend group. Because a lot of my, I've, I'm just going to say this, I made this dua six months ago. And I've been living in Oakland for 20 years. I've known this guy for 22 years. All my friends, I've known them since day one. I made one dua, I'm like, Yo, God, if there's anybody in my life who's who's no longer good for me, take him out. I want to say over 10 people I stopped talking to from my friend because because I've known these guys for years, and I'm like, they're good. I don't like their actions. We're 28 years old. We're still they're still doing dumb stuff, and a lot of us aren't married. I'm like, but my friend here, Muhammad is married. So I'm like, I need to start changing him. I, I need to start being more like him, being more around him 24/7. And when I said that, he was scared that he was gonna lose me as a friend. And I told him, listen. You want, what do you want? Look for a guy look for his friend group. Because a lot of no, times... Like she like she bars. You guys are laughing. It, I was scared. scared.
2: I, made I, I remember I he, just me, really. he He, he was like laughing. screamed it out. And I jumped out of my seat. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Does this include me? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm telling you.
1: I made that da'a for real. And a lot of them I do not speak <laughs> to no more. Not because I'm beefing them. Just because I just, you know, I'm busy with life and I don't see them as much no more. And he told me in confidence. He's like, bro, I thought I was going to lose as your friend. I'm like, no. In my head, I'm like, if you as a woman want a guy, look out for his friend. If his friends, and I'll tell you, this is cliche to say, but if his, like, a lot of my friends, not Muslim, are Muslims. Sometimes they're at the bars, sometimes at the clubs. And I know these guys really, really well. And then I'm like, you'll never get married. I don't care how much money you have. Money's not an issue, by the way. Because if you're a Muslim man, you know your deen, you'll find a way. You'll work two three jobs to take care of your wife. But you guys are talking about mentally and emotionally. Not every guy has that. And the only person from my friends who has that is Muhammad, who's obviously at the time, like, He's the only person that I knew, when, whether girls were asking for advice at the time or guys, he would know how to say it. You guys were saying, no matter, you, like, best man, you're touching on, there's a way in how you convey your message to your wife or to your girl. I've seen a lot of guys, they'll be, they'll say the wrong thing out of anger due to logic. And I'm like, I see the girl ripping them to pieces. And, and it's just fun to watch for me. Versus, like, hey, yeah, I swear to God. But Muhammad does a great job. So I, I think it's really important as a guy. Muhammad I want to hear your, point, your, your opinion as well. But I think it's, to me, it's like you have to watch out who they're friends with.
2: I guess to speak on Osama's point is, number one, the intention. When me and Osama were younger, we're just like most guys, we're just, wasn't as serious on our Dean and just like, like wasting a lot of people's time. And plus our idea of what a wife was, was totally different from what it actually is. And once again, it's the intention. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I can't make any excuses for my actions. So when it got to the point, I'm like, I really want a wife. It's one thing to say that you want a rare gem. But you have to be a rare gem yourself. You have to become that person and there's certain sacrifices you have to make. So like Osama said, the five people you spend around the most, you take on their personality, their actions and how they see the world. And I had to make that change. I had to cut most of those people out of my life because I'm not getting any closer to the person I want to become. And on top of that, the person I want to marry as well. I have to make that change. So I had to go to the masjid more. I had to join a volunteering, a Muslim volunteering group. I had to really change my environment in order to see what's out there. And through that, you really take on a perspective and understanding that this religion is so beautiful. It's so soothing. It's so understanding. It's so simple and easy. Yet, we as young Muslims, we don't step into it because we don't think there's any benefits to it. Because most of the time, our friends are going out, this and that, and the third. And you think there's more luxury in that as opposed to being with someone 24-7. And I think once we made that shift, the whole world started to change and Islam entered our hearts and we became more, you know, happy about what the religion can bring you. And another thing beyond the intention is really learning as well. Guys, we do not know how to listen. That is one thing you have to do. I tell guys, if you know how to listen, understand the skill of listening to a woman really everything changes because it's one thing when you're out with your friends you're talking about basketball you're talking about music the culture when you marry someone particularly a woman understand she's gonna say 500 to a thousand plus more words than you every single day <laughs> so you're not used to listening if you don't understand the beauty and the essence and understanding listening you're just gonna step away from her and you're never gonna grow together and another thing it's not like you get married and like oh i can see her 50 percent of the time and my friends 50 percent of the time you married her, not your friends. It's a sacrifice that comes with it. Yes, you can see them on a certain basis. I try to be. I try to be. I'm still growing. I try to be. But you, it's, not a, it's not a dual relationship between <laughs> you and your friends and her as well. You made the sacrifice. You made the task. You made the commitment to be married to her. You must honor her. And I think another thing is like that commitment. Yeah, well. um, I always use the metaphor. It's like imagine you're in the woods. You and your spouse and a small fire. You have to go out and grab as many logs as you can to bring it back to the fire. So the spark will continue. So it's not that you get married and you think that, Oh, what I talked to her for the first like few months, that spark will continue. No, you have to keep adding more. You have to do more things. You have to keep investing. You have to say nice things to her. You have to take her out. You always have to allow her curiosity to keep on sparking. If we don't, it becomes stale, it becomes neutral. And therefore there's no beauty in the marriage as well. And the last point, Exactly. And the last point I will say, before I got married, my older cousin got married. And I remember his father sat us all in the room, the young guys. And he's like, I want to tell you guys something. When you get married, I want you guys to understand this. Whatever happens between you and your wife stays in the house. It does not leave the confines of this house. It does not go to your friends. It does not go to any website. It does not go to any app. Whatever happens between you and your wife, good or bad, especially bad, stays in this house. If there's anything that you guys cannot figure out amongst yourself, go to those who've been through it. Really try to figure out the problem. If you cannot figure out the problem and you feel as if it's lingering and might turn to something bad, go to your parents. Go to their parents. Go to people who've been through it, wisdom, understanding, and can really talk about those trials and tribulations. Beyond that, if you cannot feel as if you're comfortable within your parents, go to an imam, go to someone, a therapist, an Islamic therapist that can guide you guys through these problems. But if you go to your friends, Preference, they only understand you. They don't know her. They will choose you. They'll neglect her. So, therefore, like you guys talked about, it's pulling guys apart as opposed to pulling guys together. And with that, and with that understanding, that lessons and that transition, things be easier. And I think another point too, it's like culture. You might want someone and you might not have the funds, and her fame might be wealthy, or therefore it might be vice versa, or maybe you're from this country, from that country make the prayers be sincere to your lord and he'll put you in the best favors like you guys all talked about maybe it might not be that first person but as you're getting closer you're only understanding what you really want and it gives you a clear vision of the person that you'll be with inshallah so it might not happen to that person he might be crushed but you're getting closer to that perfect 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 embodiment that's gonna be a part of you as you go along your life so do not Take as a burden, do not take it as a punishment, do not see it as something that's trying to hold you back. See it as something that's going to progress you forward to being the best version that you be. I
1: was
4: just going to say um, friends, friendships, picking your friendships, I think is something that should be taught when we were very young. And we were, but it wasn't ever super serious, you know? You've had friends that did the most. And you surrounded yourself with it and you can tell it changes you. A lot of people are like, no, but I'm very strong with my character and it's not going to change me. It does. It really does change you. I've I've had every stage. I've had the stage where I was friends with people that weren't good and I wasn't good. And I was blended into it. I mean, literally just yesterday I had the conversation with my mom and it was a very like spirited and um, emotional conversation where I just broke down to my mom and I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what what's happening. What's going wrong? What am I doing wrong? What's help me understand because this is this is too much. It's where you surround yourself. I've realized the closer I get to girls that are on their dean, that go to the masjid, that are on the in, the in these programs, I've realized I've started dressing up differently. I met this um I met this Algerian girl recently on TikTok. <laughs> Every relationship I have is from TikTok. <laughs> so I met this girl recently on TikTok, and she used to be a huge influencer, and just I didn't even know she was an influencer because she was private when I met her. But getting to know her, I realized she's huge, and I'm like, whoa! What happened? What? Where did you go? Why did you delete everything? I removed her pictures, started covering her face, got really close to her dean. And I'm not saying people that show their face are not religious. That's not the case. I'm just saying with her and her journey, that was what she wanted to do. My journey might be different. So I always go back and forth. I don't know if people ever notice, but I always have videos on TikTok and then I delete them and then I put them and then I remove them and then I put them and then I remove them and I just keep going back and forth. Some days I'm like, now I'm just going to cut social media and then I go back to it. But it's it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a process. But. I realized being around people like her or other people that I met that are getting closer to the dean, it changed me. I started dressing up more modest because I was like, whoa, she, she wears mo- modest clothes and she doesn't get judged and it looks beautiful on her. I can try that too and see how it looks on me. And I started getting confident because I'm surrounded with people like me. But I've realized when I was with people that didn't dress up modest and didn't, weren't on their dean, I always wanted to be like them because I thought that was what's cool. Right. This is how you get accepted. But I know at one point in my life, I got extremely religious, like on my D and I cut social media, uh, prayers every day. I was reading, I was doing dhikr, I was reading Quran every day. And I was, my mom told me, out of nothing you want here, this is too much. You got to go baby steps because you might, something might happen that will resent you. And I'll be very honest. People say, don't talk about your sins. But something happened in my life that made me, that pushed me a thousand times back. And it just made me cut everything I did good. And it was my surrounding played a big role of how I should be. But I realized I lost a lot of friends when I was getting religious. I lost, I, people started calling me, oh, you're so extreme. Everything is, everything is, and it was my lifestyle. I never judged anybody, but it was me. I just started dressing up modest. I stopped wearing makeup. Oh, well, you stopped wearing makeup. Who do you think you are better than us? Oh, you don't do this. You think you're better than us? And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> no, I don't think anything. I just think that's my journey and I want to do that. But uh, if I had a really strong friend group, I wouldn't be, they wouldn't tell me that. They wouldn't say stuff, stuff like that to me, right? And it wouldn't make me re- resent the religion. It would make me want to be better if anything. So even with men like when you say look at your spouse's friends I think it really hits it really hits because I know people that are good but if you see their friend group wow <laughs> you know clubs drinking gambling drugs everything and these are the these are the OG friends these are the the friends that they are very close to so you look at them and you're like but if that's your friends and you're settling for that and you don't want to change that, what makes you think you're going to grow? You're not going to grow. You might go through your religious stage and phase and think, you know, you want to be religious, but if you can't make the commitment of changing your lifestyle completely, you're going to go back. And it's happened. I've seen it happen where people would get there and then they go back. They get there and then they go back. So it's like, how do you it has to start within you. It has to start with you. It can't start I can't sit there and be like, hey, you should don't you shouldn't do this or you should do this. I can't do that. I can't change the person. They have to do it within themselves. Like I'm assuming Muhammad and you both had that realization of I want to do this for me because because that's what I need for myself. right? So no,
2: Osama kept me accountable, especially for guys. Everyone, most of the time, is yes-men. When people are doing the same things that you know it's wrong, no one's ever going to make the stance or position, hey, we shouldn't do this because we're Muslims. No. So when I decided to be more religious, and Osama as well, when I decided that I want to become married and I had to become that person, this guy would hold me accountable. You cannot go, say no, delete this number, do not talk to this person. Why? Because not only do you want change and you are being a part of that this person can easily pull you back and destroy everything you have going forward why does it make any sense and when you have that person that really respects you that really wants to see you in that light how can you let that person go most of the time we tell people "Osami's oh, too serious it's on the dean and stuff right like he's too we can't go around him he might get a spray or so like it's, it doesn't make any sense you know <laughs> that's how we think because we want everything easy and casual but I can honestly say with his presence and the companionship I have from him, he made me a hundred times better and he still holds me accountable to this day. Osama, tell them the story when we went to Ottawa before I got married.
3: Because you're so cute, by the
2: way. Oh, okay.
1: My guy. First of all, I love you, bro. I hope you know that. But one time he went to Ottawa two years ago. Yeah, this guy's my bro. Well, I love this kid. I love, I love this guy so much. But we were going to Ottawa two years ago. Our boy had a—he's a photographer. He had a. There was some car in Ottawa where it's like one of a kind. So he wanted to take a photo shoot of it. At the time, this guy was engaged, and I told him, "I'm like, did you tell your wife?" He's like, "Nah, man." I'm like, "Listen, this is not a girlfriend-boyfriend situation. Tell her right now that you're going to Ottawa." He's like, "It's one day." I'm like, "Brother, what if we die on the way? Something happens to us, like, because our friend drives like a—you know happens sometimes. It's an FY, like an idiot. This guy speeds. He's like, "Nah, man, we're good." I'm like, whatever. It's your wife, not mine. And and we're, we're going to Ottawa. And uh, at this point, obviously, you know, like, like why are check up on him. So at this point, we're in, we're in Ottawa. We're about to go eat. She calls him. and She's like, where are you? Man's like, I'm in Ottawa. What? I'm with Osama. I'm like, why would you bring me into this? And they had a huge a heated, a heated argument. And I remember after I told him, like, listen, if Aria would talk to her, I'm like, this is my point of view. I'm not even married. I just told them, listen, as a friend, I can easily tell you, don't give an F, whatever, bro. It's a fiance. You can find another one. But I told them, I'm like, listen, you're a part of her life now. Though you're not married, like, Islamically, but you're she's still your fiance. She wants to know that she cares about you. And I remember the next day, me and you had a deep conversation. You're like, yeah, man, like, I've learned my lesson. Because for him, I could easily, as a friend, because no one else, no one else said anything to you. I was the only one. I'm like, yo, bro, how are you? Just actually go out of your way and say something everybody else was like I right, man who cares who cares who cares but well I want what, what I want people to understand is like me as a guy I could have been jealous I'm like yo I don't have a girl why this guy have a girl no I'm gonna I'm ruin your life but he and even though he told me you're, like you're crossing the line I'm like listen bro I'm just saying as a friend talk to her and when he talked to her I think he respected the fact that not that I was right and I never even told him I told you so I'm just like I want the best for you because there's a lot of guys that like he realized that day is like some, like God forbid, something happened. It like she would have had to live with the fact that he never told me. But if she knew, she would have been okay with it. And by the way, we were only there for like for twelve hours in Ottawa. It's not even like we were there for the whole day. But I think that she just wanted to make sure that the honesty. And I, and I remember that day was just like a switch. And I saw you switch at that day going forward. You would tell her, Hey, I'm going to go so and so. Even if it's like the Burlington, which is like half an hour from here. You're like, I'm going to Burlington, which is by the way, it's an amazing thing. That's why I always say for guys, even girls have friends i always, I always hear, like i always hear my sister saying girls are jealous of each other but guys are as jealous as as you can get like when i got my cards a small as a small story like five years ago one of my friends kept crapping on me for getting a bad deal as opposed to saying mashallah. I'm like, you? I'm like, you i'm like you i'm watching out for it. i've known this kid for a long time but yeah but at the end of the day i would, I would never be the guy to be like oh Muhammad, i told you so i told you what your wife would say i'm like nah man i'm like i'm just here for you
2: and that was a lesson for myself yeah. sorry I'm
3: fine, how would you like if she ended up in ottawa without telling you and then you call her hey where are you and she's like, I'm i would go ottawa.
2: berserk i would go berserk but The thing <laughs> is to add more context ottawa was a tipping point because that was like the first week we had a vacation so every day myself and osama and our friends we went to like niagara falls went to the u.s went to all these different places london, london. and i kept telling her the Move last everywhere. second ottawa was like the final straw and he's like man like this is a trend and i don't know if you know like you're about to get like this shouldn't be happening right and for myself, when I went home that night, I really reflected. I'm like, this is the first time I ever had someone that really cared about me and my surroundings and whereabouts, besides your mother and your parents and stuff, right? I'm taking this as a joke. I'm not taking this to be serious, you know? And this is something I must consider. I can't just let someone be on edge all the time. I have to make that stance and change my behavior mentality. Because most of the time, when you're going out, you're going out, right? But my life is going to change. I'm going from a single person to actually being married. So I have to change my behavior, understanding, and mentality going forward, right? So I made that shift. Mm -hmm. I made sure that whatever happens going forward, of course, she has to know first about what I'm doing, my surroundings, my whereabouts, because she's my wife. She's not just someone I'm cool with, right? I always thank him for that because that helped. Yeah, exactly.
4: It took me a while. I always thank you, bro. It took me a while to kind of um, make the connection that you're talking about (laughs) I was like, "What is he talking about?" Until <laughs> so you started speaking, I was like, "Oh, it's so about he did this." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Though, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, mashallah, Allahumma barik, Your friendship is amazing. Keep, keep. this thing. Keep the, the 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 good close to you, and and it's rare. It's really rare nowadays.
1: Honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's, before I ask my next question, but I just did one, and I I want to add on to your point. It's really important that we do pick wisely, especially as you get older, you know, when you get closer to, like, late 20s, 30s. Especially when you even have kids, you want to make sure that you're around good folks. Again, it is intention. Sometimes you don't know. Like, I've told you, when I made that, I know you guys were laughing. I could tell you, sometimes you you think you know someone for 20 years, and you don't. You're like, yo, where is this energy coming from? Again, sometimes it could be jealousy. Sometimes your values change, and I think... When you get, you were mentioning so how when you get when you get more religious, people think you're being weird. Again, if I have to be anomaly, by all means I will be. bomb I mean, like to me, you're weird by not like getting closer to your religion, thinking that you have time. And by the way, it's before I ask like my next question, Muhammad always talks about you know like you're we're, we're always here for like a short period of time, which is true. So you might as well like be around good people, stop making dumb decisions. It's so, like I always say, like we always say when we were 18 years old, we were nothing even closer at Dean. It's not like we were doing dumb stuff. We're just like we were always around our white boys always doing whatever, you know, chilling until 4 o'clock in the morning, not really caring. But when you get older, you realize, like, yo, imagine if I actually put in the work, time and work on myself. I could have been married faster. I could have been more successful faster. But again, that's a whole different conversation. But my next question is about gender rules. And uh, a lot of guys, or a lot of men, some, I've heard some Muslim men saying this, so oh, I, I want to hear Besmez, Salwah's, and Suhab's opinion. What do, you, what do you do when a guy says, you know what, man, I gotta go 50-50? Uh... <laughs> you are already laughing. I I want to make sure that like when they when they set certain circumstances if a guy's not willing to pay make, take care of the family. So what do you guys look at gender roles? What do you guys think of when people say 50-50 when it comes to the financial situations? What are you guys thoughts on if that? If he
3: wants to go 50-50, then he has to go 50-50 on the pregnancy. He has to go 50-50 on the breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. He has to go 50-50 with having your body change. You can't. There's no such thing as 50-50. You want to talk about finances? You want to be a man of the household? You got to provide for me financially. You want me to birth your children and raise them and nurture them? You're going to need to do everything. I'm just here. I'm going to have your babies. I'm going to make your house a home, feed you, clean for you. That's it. There's no such thing as financially 50-50 because if you can't go 50-50 with being pregnant for nine months or breastfeeding for two years, then no, no 50-50.
4: Well, technically, selua, like, you are working. You are doing all that. Like, men men think, well, I'm working and I'm bringing the income. You're just working from nine to five, bringing in an income your wife is at home cleaning and cooking and, and laundry and kids and food. And she's, ne- she's on her feet 24 seven. And even if she's a, you know, she has a newborn, she's breastfeeding and waking up at nighttime and taking care of the kids. She's 24 seven working. Yeah, we There's no stop to it. We, us women, we don't relax and just sit down and don't do anything. And half of the time women are doing all that and working.
3: <laughs> so yeah. it's like,
4: You're technically, you know, living in Canada, a lot of, a lot of the time, you know, marital couples would be like, you know, I, I, the guy would be the provider, but the woman will still support in certain, you know, certain things. Let's be honest, right? It happens. But the woman is still looking after the kids and taking care of the household and cleaning up and giving birth and breastfeeding and doing all that stuff and working. So Mm -hmm. technically, there is no 50-50. If anything, it's (laughs) 40-60. Like, if anything, it's like 30-70, right? Like, you you do you do a nine to five job or a, a eight hour shift and and you're saying i'm bringing in the income no but she's she's like what said i'll give you a house i'll give you warmth i'll give you food i'll give I'll, I'll teach your children i'll bring a new generation to this world and i will do that so so what is 50 50 like what is the term 50 50 like it just makes no sense even if a woman's working and providing with the man there's no 50 50 in that right? For sure. And, she, a woman will always
3: give more.
0: Yeah. I mean, they even did a study, I think, with Statistics Canada, and they found that this is Statistics Canada. So we're not just talking about the Muslim population. We're talking about even white people, people that are not Muslims. And they found that 70% of women still do majority of household chores, right? And as we know, in this society, households do not usually function on just the man's how- income. Women, A lot of women are bringing in income with this full concept of 50-50. So The reality is there is no such thing as 50-50. There is constantly an imbalance. And I think, especially when we look at it from an Islamic lens, right? That is part of the responsibility of the man. Like it doesn't have to be all of the income, right? But majority, like there needs to be this provider mindset. And I think that's what really makes a difference is the key word provider mindset. A man who wants to strive Mm -hmm. to bring you know, bread for his family, right? Um, And the thing is like, I think one of the main issues when it comes to 50-50 is later on in the marriage and I've fallen into this trap too. Like I've never been married, but I've sure gotten close to it once, right? And the thing is like where they're like 50-50, like let's, you know, you're this like ambitious, cool girl, like bring in the money. Eventually the man starts asking for his rights. And how does that work? Because if you're not being able to do your full Islamic responsibility, yet you want to play the role of this, I want you to obey me. Uh, to obey me uh, like I've had it to the point where it's like the person is like I want to make the decision on the house but how does that work if I'm if I'm paying 50 percent of it right and it's like and I think men especially we were talking about men being influenced by their friends I think men are also influenced by social media and what ends up happening is they see all these posts about obey your uh, obey your husband uh, the man gets to do this the man gets to do that And there's not enough posts about the man's responsibility. So what ends up happening is he wants 50-50. He wants to do what all the people around him are doing. But he's also expecting you to give him his rights. And it it adds even more layer of complexity where the women are losing out on it. And I think it brings the topic of, you know, feminism. People say uh, feminism is about choice and things like that. We also have to think of it it from the, uh, what is it called? From like the commercialization perspective where it's like, girl be this girl boss do this and that a lot of times it gets very complicated within the muslim community because when you merge the two it just you know women do end up losing out on a lot when it comes to that
3: but i was gonna say if it's 50 50 there's no stability like the older you get like the further along in your marriage that you get it's gonna be like okay well i paid for this so this is mine and you know like it's like instead of having just like one person providing for everything and you know that like, this person provided for me, it's just like, it becomes a competition. It's like, well, you can't mm-hmm. use that because I'm the one that bought it. And like, it, it's stability. You need stability because I don't know. I, I could never go
1: 50-50. For me, when it comes to financial, I don't, I think it's a hundred percent to zero. I think the man should provide for his family. I don't know. I'm just raised that way obviously Islamically, that's how it is but i'm also raised that way like my dad always taught me he's like yo he's like you will never allow your wife to purchase anything my mom reminded me of that and the one thing that allows me to be that resonates in my head is like i would never want my wife or my kids to ask me for something that i can't afford so i would rather like i would rather <clears throat> sacrifice now in my 20s versus when my 40s and a am i'm like i can't able to afford anything so i think when it comes to financial if you're a man you're going 50 50 you just a loser in my opinion but i do also believe as a man you have the right to clean the house if you live in it like my mom has this rule if you live in this house you're cleaning the washroom you're cleaning the dishes so me and my brother like we'll take turns like yo you do the dishes this time i'll do a vacuum you go clean the washroom i'll do this like well like i don't want my mom getting tired and i think you as a guy if you're if you're gonna go help not help your mom and help your wife you're not a man in my opinion again like you can call me out but that's who i am like sometimes i see like even a small example, like Mo, I'm just like if you don't want if you don't want me saying this. Sometimes five years ago, like when we would like when we started recording, he would say, "Yo, I'm gonna take my mom out for errands. I'll be back in three hours. We can record after." Even though we'll we'll be we have to record with the guest. like, "I'll be back in three hours." I Started learning from how his treatment to his parents, and I think that also will translate to how you translate to how you are with your wife not 100% all the time, but it can obviously give and take. It was like if you're good with your mom, you're good with your sister, and it's genuine intention, it's not like, ugh, let me go do it. It's like, obviously you want to do it. It's, I think it's a good habit because a lot of guys who are my I age, can, I can speak highly for them, I can speak for them. Some of them, one of them said, Hey eh, man, I want to like, b- like I want to, like back home where the wife cooks or the wife does this. I'm, I don't care if my wife cooks. I even told my mom, I'm like, Mama, if I go to Chick fil A with my wife, I'm good. Like, I'm chilling. Like, I don't, I don't really care what me and her do. Doesn't have to be no food. It's like the, the, the uh, creativity in terms of like thinking of making a meal together or whatever is the beauty about it. Because then when you are successful, successful inshallah, look back at those hard times, you can like laugh at them and like, be like, Wow, one time we were here. Versus, like, always trying to make a, I guess, a Barbie or, like, a Cinderella I don't
2: think we understand when it's said that women are three times better than men in Islam. Like, we do not understand that whatsoever. And when you try to take it in, it's, like, the burden that you guys take on, especially with the monthly period on top of that, still having to go to work, still have to go to school, still have to function. Can't react despite the pain you have to go through. It's incredible. So for men, we really have to take a step back and humble ourselves because the things that you guys do on a daily basis, you guys make it look easy. And because you guys make it look easy, we as men take it for granted. And that's why you have something like feminism, a reaction to the anger that women have felt for generations. And so we take it for granted. You have feminism and different ideologies that come and attack what Islam is. So us as men, we don't live up to our standards. Therefore, this new thing will come in. And most of women will attach themselves to it. And then we have this whole double outcome clash. When it comes to financial, no 50-50. Like, when I met my wife, I'm like, hey, I know I'm not here. I have this path. I'm working towards it. If you have trust in me, by all means, we'll get there, inshallah. But there's no way. There's no 50-50. From what I know, what I've seen with my dad, mm-hmm. the exact same thing. You have to take on the burden. You are provider as the man. You expect all these different things like, oh, I have these rights over you. But she has rights over you as well. It doesn't go one way and you don't give at the same time. It's a give and take. So, yes, obviously we have an economy. It's very tough. If she wants to work and help out, by all means she's allowed to. Even my mom, like at some point she had to work. It wasn't to the point where that was her only role and she had to do that and neglect everything else. Because it doesn't really sustain the family dynamic and the family structure that Islam really embodies. So for myself, it's like, no, I will take on everything. I know I can handle it. I'm a man, I, I stepped into this role. So therefore I know Allah will take care of me. If I step in and do my do- job and due diligence, I'm not worried about everything else. If you want to work by all means, it is what it is, but it's not something that's uh-huh. upon you. I'm asking you and that's a right I expect from you whatsoever. So we really have to refocus our lines. Yeah
4: if we look at islam itself i mean how beautiful is our religion masha allah like subhanallah allah has like given so much he's given so much rights to women in so many ways to the point that like you know being married you know how Salwa brought up the fact that like you know i will cook and i'll clean and i'll take care of your kids and I'll she doesn't have to do any of that she doesn't have to cook she doesn't have to clean she doesn't have to take care of the household. She has to look after her kids, and feed her kids. Sure, but when she does that, it's it's she's she's doing it for the sake of Allah. She's getting like, she's getting like She's getting good deeds from it. She's getting good deeds and like I think men, a lot of men don't understand that. Like a lot of men think, I am the Qawwan, and you are a housewife and it's this is your you have to this is your job as a woman. No no no. I need to do my, I need to understand my husband's rights, and we all are adults and know what these are. I have to respect my husband, be there for my husband, be there for my kids, you know, uh, uh, nourish my kids, nourish my husband. I am, the, the sole purpose of a woman is is to be there emotionally, to be there, um, you know, in, in, in aspects of hardship, but a woman you know if you are like financially stable and there's so many men that are financially stable but still burden their wife into working get her get her a maid why not if she needs it why not if she is if she has kids like I I mean I've seen my mom you know she has you know all these kids in her life and and we help out but I can I can see she works two different jobs she's she's a she works at a daycare and she's an Islamic teacher. From the morning, she comes back at four, and at four she comes back at seven. And and you know my dad's retired because he's older, but everything's on her. She comes home, she can't even take off her clothes before she starts cooking and cleaning, right? Like, and it's like it's like if you are financially there, why not support? I even spoke to my mom. I was like, I'll get you someone to clean up the house. You know, I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm in school. I'm or whatever. But I can bring you someone. I mean, paying someone. $27 an hour is worth it for that for you to not be stressed, for you to be relaxed, for you to be happy. It's worth it. I mean if you look at it, we spent that money on a daily on burgers and pizzas. So it's it's priority. That's what I always tell people. What are your priorities? Like is your don't tell me you don't have it. People that use the whole term I don't have it, I'm broke, you do. Especially if you're making a good income. Everybody has it. You choose not to do it. And you priority your priorities are something else like a brand new car, uh, uh, brand new Jordans. Um, your priority is going out with the boys, going on vacation, going and eating out every day. These are your priorities and these are not priorities. So so, like subhanAllah, like, like going back to my point, Islam brings so much, it brings so much joy. That, that whole term feminism, I used to claim feminism. I used to, at 1.4 years ago, I used to call myself a feminist. I even had it in my bio, feminist. Until I even understood the word of feminism nowadays, the whole ideology of feminism, it's a movement. It's a movement to take away, take us away from Islam. Men are this, men are this, women are better, women right. At one point in history, feminism did make sense. Feminism was a need at one point, and that was years ago. But we don't... As Muslims, I mean, we have more rights than what they call feminism. You know, we have more rights than what they think... You know, that whole concept, like Salah said, 50-50. I'm not doing 50-50. Islamically, we don't even have to do that. Men are the providers. We don't have to lift our our finger. And we can just sit down like princesses and and be provided and be happy and be content. And I mean, but, but again, it goes back to social media. It goes back to our generation. It goes back to how Islam is so flipped around, right? People are starting to misunderstand, misquote our Qur'an, you know? Men that say, Rijal ala finish the ayah. Finish, finish. For what? Providing, giving, loving, being everything. Not controlling and not saying, you're my wife, you are below me, you know? Or, or when they say, I can marry for a woman. But do you know the concept of fair marrying? Do you even understand what it takes to marry for a woman? Like, do you know the responsibility? if you can't give equality, that is the biggest sin. So why would you do that if just because you want a second wife or a third wife or a fourth, for the, for the fun of it? And if you look at, even I've watched videos on social media of men being like, you know, guys, what what's your opinion on on those trends that have been going around of, you know, certain women on social media, and you guys will know who I'm talking about. So no, you would know who I'm talking about. They're just like, Oh, if you, if your husband, yeah, if your husband is looking at another woman or you catch your man talking to another, you go to that woman, you ask for his, what are you doing? And you should be okay with your husband marrying a second woman because it makes him more of a man. If anything, I encourage my man to talk to other women so I can ask for
0: this is the generation where because she's been advocating for her husband to get like a second and third wife like at this point i feel like they're already at the 20th wife because you cannot tell me that and this is all like this is why like i don't know it's just like it's all for publicity and people say that satire but it's harmful it's harmful i don't care if it's satire i don't care if it's funny right because that people's defense mechanism is like oh she's just funny no there's real life constant no it's this like there's women I've seen the comments. I've seen the girl, the men
4: being like, to the point that you're sexualizing her, like, you're this, where can I find you? Like, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're giving this this, this picture that's drawn about women and how it should be when that isn't how it should be. I mean, Sayyidah Aisha, she used to have jealousy, and she was the prophet's wife. She used to get jealous. She used to get angry. She used to get mad. She used to get upset, and she's the prophet's wife. So why are you saying that we shouldn't do that? And you would look at her comment section of men being like, whoa, this is how women should be. I, I literally divorced my woman after seeing your videos. Whoa. And she's, in, and she's still going. She reads them. I mean, I saw one of her lives. She went live, guys, on TikTok. She went live a couple weeks ago on TikTok. I was shocked. I mean, she, a, a girl came on her guest with her and brought up a couple points like why do you do this and why do you think we're less worthy if we don't make if we don't allow our men to marry second wives or why do you think we're this and she's like where did I say that where did I mention that and I went and I, I went and I did my own research and I went through all her videos and I literally started writing notes of every time she made a woman look bad for having a different decision or a different mindset right or or she's she's talking about how women are she she's she's acting like she is the ideal woman but you're married you already have a husband so who are you trying to impress who are you trying to change and then another girl joined her live later on that goes you inspired me i used to never want a second wife but you've inspired me and i think i want a co-wife and then she goes and she's like my husband's available
0: no like, you know what well, stop oh my God. Do you want me to tell you something no. these people are fake do you want me to tell you what i started doing and i don't care if i even get start getting hate for this I literally so I was I'm not going to say the creator's name but there was a creator they had a live on Instagram and there was a, a lady in the comments like preaching like all oh, women who are get are jealous who don't want their husband to have a second wife uh, are you know this and that and they start like mass labeling well just based on you know everyday emotions so she's like my husband I would love for him to have a second wife I and I literally responded to her and I was like Oh, that would make sense. I'm glad to know your husband. You're okay with your husband being in my DMs, and she flips. She's like, "What?" Because <sighs> they start realizing, oh how big, if you cannot keep up with you, what you're saying, stop making us all feel bad for having everyday emotions, right? They start preaching and doing all
2: just wow. for male
0: validation. And listen, there are some women who naturally, naturally, they're they're not that jealous. That's fine. There's women who are asexual. That's fine. But it is not something that all yeah. of us should have. We should not all be asexual. This is not the regular the regular system, the regular biology of a human being. If you are somebody... That's yeah, fine. There yeah, are women who it's get not. jealous, who allow their husband to have second wives. Props to you. You do you. Girl, you do you. But don't come labeling us all as abnormal or that we need to be... Fit. See,
4: you just said men approach women and say i want a second wife men a woman wouldn't go to her husband and say hey i want you to have a second wife because best believe i've been reading like those reddit stories and those stories of like you know real-time stories of women literally saying i fell in love with my co-wife i felt like i i wanted sorry guys i wanted him (laughs) i wanted him to marry a second wife and i think i love myself when my husband goes to work you know we do i mean at one point i'm not gonna lie you know i had a guy tell me wait if i have a second wife no i can't (laughs) and i was like and that person no was on their dean and i was like no say that they're like no i genuinely don't know like isn't that how it (laughs) is no <laughs>
1: no I would have died laughing.
4: <laughs> and and they actually you know what's it. funny Like they didn't know they were like wait that's what I thought that was like I thought you could I'm like you think you think Allah's gonna encourage that I mean you know what you should do you should read about Luke so, that's what you need to do
2: Osama tell them about the time zone <laughs> remember I'm with multiple wives
1: Oh, yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. This, this guy, this is like maybe four years ago. We were having a conversation. And he actually made me laugh. It's obviously like, you know, if you want to be a second or third wife, you have to let your wife know and like put it in the contract. They have, to, they have to be okay with it, right? And obviously, like, you have to treat them equally. This guy had no idea you had to do any of that. So once we were having a conversation and he was, I was maybe, I was 24 at the time. So we were like, at this point, me and Mo were still single. And this guy was he's obviously a lot older. He's like, yeah, man, you got to be a, f- a second, third. I'm like, buddy, I can't even find a first wife, let alone a second, third wife. Where is this knowledge coming from? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's sitting now I'm like, first of all, I'm like, you know, you have to, like, let your first wife know. And two, you got to treat them equally. He's like, so they can't live in the same house? I'm like, which girl is going to allow her, like, otherwise living in the same house? I'm like, you're crazy. He's like, what do you mean you have to treat them equally? I'm like, bro, if you buy one, girl, one wife a car, the other one's going to get a car he's like what and i'm like yeah and he's way older he thought he's just able to marry four wives like it's like you know the postal service all all in one house like each one has their own bedroom and i'm like i'm like bro ain't no way ain't no wife and then i remember he thought me he thought me and Hamid were lying i'm like no we're like bro this is how it is i'm like you can't just marry without their consent If, if they don't want you to marry a second wife in the contract you can't i'm like yes there's some wives who will allow it but i'm like you can't just hide it from them. And I don't know why a lot of these Muslim guys say you can't, you honestly can't. And he was going with this, like, you know, his, I guess his dawah. I'm like, listen, bro, stop telling me to marry a second wife. I can't even find one. And I'm 24. At that time, he was like 30 years old. And I'm like, buddy, listen, I'm like, you need to, like, fact check where you're, where, where, like, I'm not sure if you're listening to Sheikh Instagram or whoever you're listening to, but you got to go back and fact check what you're saying. Because he was really adamant of, like, marrying four wives and obviously allowing himself to put them all in one house. I'm like, if you can find or t- me different, time zones. Or different
2: time zones that allows that
1: in different time zones, because he, he was, he wanted to marry girls, like, like, one girl in, like, the Middle East, one girl in Africa, one girl in, like,
2: Europe. I'm like, buddy,
1: listen.
3: A- listen a- or I'm
1: like, how much money i i i uh, Pitt, this guy thought he was like pitbull or like akon thinks he can travel but he just made me laugh because at that point his reality of, of marriage was probably was maybe more different i haven't seen him we since, haven't for, seen him since like <laughs> he's, 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 he's probably married i'm not gonna like lie he to disappeared. Like <laughs> stuff, but he i, I can't tell you i but i can't tell you a lot of guys their perception of marriage is just what they see either on like you know like online or like their their perception of like intimacy is like what they see online, and a lot of it is is obviously false. Like when you go on social media and you see Kylie Jenner like with her boyfriend, that's not what really love. Is that's why I always say, and I respect Muhammad about this really really much. Is he never will never post his wife on his social media. Go to his Instagram account right now. You'll never see anything about his wife. Never, not a story, not a Ramadan thing. And I think the more secret you are about your even your friendships in your life, the better off you will. No one needs to know.
4: No, you're right.
1: What goes on you're in your right. life? You're
4: um, You mentioned... <laughs> you, what was that point you made? Oh, it like ran out of my head. Damn, I, I literally just forgot. No, what? I forgot. totally forgot. You guys can talk. Fine.
1: What point? About like the married four wives? Or, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Trying yeah to Sydney, to you four said
4: wives. There's a huge difference yeah. in and sunnah that People don't understand. Of course. I always hear men that say, are you telling me I can't have my Islamic rights? I'm not telling you, you can't start praying your fard, start doing your fard, start doing everything you have to do. Let's talk <laughs> about sunnah, right? Like sunnah is not well, an obligation. Yeah, exactly. Fard is your oblig- obligation. But if I, people say, well, if you write it in your contract that you don't want a second wife and he signs it, that's not fair because that's removing his Islamic rights. That's not removing his Islamic rights. This is a sunnah by the end of the day. It wasn't a fard men have to marry four wives and this is fard. So what Islamic rights are you talking about? Islamic rights, or are you talking about Sunnah and it being a choice? I mean, if I'm a, I'm a wife, and I told this, and I'm very open about it, I'm like, my husband can get a second wife 100%, but I ain't gonna be yep. his first. He can go for it. I mean, listen, and I told this to my own fiancé, I was like, if you decide the day that you're gonna get a second wife, to me, I am not the first wife anymore. I am gone. And I'll get myself a second husband by marrying someone else. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to (laughs) do. And he goes, whoa, what? you can't do that? And I was like, oh, 100%, I can divorce you. hundred. What, you want the mahir back? You can have your mahir back. Like, 100%, I will do khula' with you and get another husband. And to him, he's like, I'm like, yeah, did you know that women can actually get divorced and get another husband? That exists, guys. It exists. So if I'm a woman and I don't want that... I will leave you easily because I don't want to ever feel like it's competition. But that's me, right? That's like you said, other women are okay with that. For me, I don't want to ever have to compete. I don't want to have, the jealousy I have. I mean, him going to California for 10 days, I'm literally like crying every night. <laughs> you think a yeah. second wife? No, no, no. That's never going to happen, right? But By all means, I'm not stopping your Islamic rights. You go do whatever you want. Get a second, third, fourth wife. I don't care. I'm just not gonna be a part of it, and that's my right.
1: People only want to follow the Sunnah when they choose to. Like, Sunnah to get four wives, but what about your Sunnah prayers? They'll forget about that. It's always they'll pick and choose what Sunnahs to follow, and at the end of the day, it's kind of like hypocritical. If
0: they implemented the Sunnah to fast Mondays and Friday, Mondays and Thursdays, bro, your desire would go down. The Prophet said that if you fast, if you have a desire, fast. So maybe start with that perhaps your desire to you know <laughs> sleep with more than one will go down just saying
3: i was gonna say pray your son the prayers first and then do the other sunnas.
2: yeah for a lot of guys it's just like hey we'll indulge these different things as long as we show it to the masjid on the 27th night of ramadan we'll be good like allah forgive us and it's just like that's not how it works hey like, bro that's not how it works
1: a lot of muslim guys will be like yo man I need to find a wife immediately, bro. And obviously like they're like at the club on Friday nights with their boys.
3: I was just going to say go back to what Hamid said uh, earlier about um I know we're going backwards, but I just had had a thought about something of um your your dad saying um if there's a conflict between you and your wife, keep it between you and your wife, keep it inside the house. And that is very true because I experienced that. I lived through that for 12 years and I experienced a lot of emotional and physical and mental abuse by my ex-husband. Not one person would know about it. I would never tell anybody, not my mom, not anyone, not my friend. I would keep it between him and I. And then when we go visit my family or visit his family, oh, how are you guys doing? Like, how's everything? Oh, yeah, everything's amazing. Everything's great. Like, I would never try to hint or try to say anything like, yeah, like things are bad. Because once your parents... hear like something negative about your something that your husband did, they will never, they will never forget it. Do you wanna know why? Because they're not married to him. You are. You are willing to sacrifice and stay with this person and to continue loving this person, but your parents aren't. Like they will just have this bad image about him and that's it. Nothing you can do can change that. So once I did go like separate from my ex and I I finally started talking to my mom about all the things that I've been through with him, she was in complete shock. She was like, I would have never known. He never even hinted or said anything. I was like, why would I? He's still my husband at the end of the day. Like I would never say anything because if I did go around talking about it, I'm still going to go back home to my husband and people are going to make a mockery of me. They're going to talk about me. Like she's so dumb. Like she's going around talking shit about her husband, but then, and is still with him. So I, I, 100% agree. If there are, if there is conflict, definitely keep it between you and your wife, try to resolve it between you and your wife first. And if you can't then talk to a third party, talk to your dad. And then if you can't, as you said, move on, go to the mosque and talk to any mom or someone that can help you resolve your issues. But I just wanted to add that because I did experience, I did live through that.
1: I think a lot of people think that they go to their friends, they go to certain people, but everything's not always good. Like I always even tell sometimes my friends or even my coworkers when they come to ask me for advice. I'm like, listen, I'm like, if it's something I should not be knowing, just don't tell me. Because I'm like, I could give you some detrimental advice, I can ruin you. Because I'm like, obviously we always, we, the, the five of us have experience with our with our own different perspective. And sometimes I always tell people, I'm like, yo, as good as I am as giving advice, I might be detrimental to you because I don't know you that well. So I'm like, it's really, care. you have to be really careful who do you go to and who you go ask for advice. Sometimes it's better off to keep it to yourself because you know, obviously, and this has nothing to do with age. People who are 18 years old could have experienced something so dramatic that, or traumatic, sorry, that they'd be like, oh man, I can't believe I went through this. I'm 28. Sometimes I'll talk to people who are younger than me. I'm like, there's no way you went through this. Or obviously even people who are older than me. And when it comes to marriage, that's why I always say that one thing I respect about with, with Muhammad is the fact that he's never said anything. Like, I've never noticed if he's ever upset with his wife, not upset. He's like, he, he'll leave the house. He's just joking around with me, talking about serious topics. He goes back. It's not him and his wife. You should, and even with your friendships, with your parents, with your siblings, don't share too much love because there's a lot of people who don't want good for you. who will be like, Alhamdulillah, this guy's finally arguing, bro. I can have my boy back. And obviously, there, there are people like this.
2: That's what makes me so angry because during the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Sahaba, there was so much barakah in marrying a woman that was divorced. Things happened. You had war, you had trials, tribulation, people traveled, they didn't come back, someone died, like all these things happened. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, asked, Who wants to marry this woman? Nobility. She's not she's a respectable person. She might have a kid. She might have married someone before, but her being divorced is not a negative connotation or stigma and people really rush to marry this person but somehow along the lines even my culture like marrying a person that's divorced it looked down upon can you imagine it's so sad like a lot of women in my culture like aunts and stuff like that their husband might have passed away when they're like 25 30 35 two to three kids and they have to mentally tell themselves they're never ever going to get remarried no one's ever going to remarry them again that is the hardest thing and I think for myself when I went back to Ghana and I saw their faces. it's so heartbreaking to know that they have to find they have to find peace in being isolated and it doesn't make any yeah
0: sense. you know what's like really sad like it's it's you're right I think women get you know whatever it be like you're divorced, you're over the age of 25 you're over the age of thirty like there's different things that people have where it's like a woman oh she it means she's not desirable and you know what's so sad is and I don't know if other women experience the same thing whether it be a woman who's over 30 a woman who's over 25 a woman who's divorced a woman who has children but at one point like I remember even for me because I said I'm 27 right like I had a talking stage with someone who was like literally almost in their 40s and this guy had the audacity to make it seem as if I was like something was wrong with me and it's like it's this thing and I don't know if people like do that because they're trying to hide their own insecurities and their own things right but one thing and I don't know if other women can relate to this who again have this thing where society's like oh there's something wrong with you I started watching you know Netflix shows like for example Selling Sunset and I see these women that are like thriving that are like you know 35 they have kids but they got me remarried to this amazing guy or like society never looks down upon it and it makes me sad and like I don't want to you know cry about it but like at one point it's like do I really want to be a part of this community anymore you know like it just makes you so sad because you're like all these white people they're making me feel as if I'm young as if I'm this girl who has the world ahead of her and then our community just make me feel as if I'm this expired goods that like, you know, and I don't know if other Muslim women go through the same, but I completely see how a lot of Muslim women just feel completely driven out of the community. Like they just feel like, you know, I don't even wanna like show myself as a Muslim because people would just make you feel as if, you know, like, I don't know, it's just so sad. Like I was literally thinking about it. And like when I, it's, it's just sad that like, some people literally have to go out of the community to be able to feel you know like a human to be able to feel like i'm worthy right like you just have to look at the western society to be able to feel like you're not this used goods or or like a you know this like old person when you're only 27 or even 35 like like i don't understand what is wrong with people but
3: listen i completely understand how you're feeling and i had my daughter i struggled with infertility for two years and I had my daughter at 28 and everybody was calling me old oh you had your your baby so old in life like you got married so young why did you wait until you were 28 well I had a hard time getting pregnant oh but like you're cutting it close and now that I am divorced and they're like and I when I do get a proposal and I reject it or whatever they're like who do you think you are do you not understand that you're a divorced woman, you're a single mom, you have three kids, you, you, you then you should be groveling at his feet at the fact that he would even look at you? What do you mean? I'm still young. I still have my whole life ahead of me. Marriage is not the answer. Like, for me, because I've already been married, you haven't. So, like, that's not my priority right now. My priority are my kids. But I completely understand where you're coming from and your frustration. If I were to get married, Allahu alam, It would not be a Middle Eastern man. No offense, Osama. It would not be with a Middle Eastern man. I cannot. I cannot marry an Arab anymore. With their mentality, I feel like we just clash too much. There's absolutely no way. No way. Especially, and you know the older generation, you know the guy that you were talking to that's close to his 40s? He is so insecure. Like, It's the older generation. It's the men that are like from my generation that were born in the 80s who, like, they struggled a lot, especially being first-generation immigrants here in Canada. Um very insecure uh-huh. in themselves, where they feel like they have to put other women down in order for them to feel better about themselves because they're, they weren't successful. Like, they were failures in life. So the audacity of him to even, like, talk to 27, like, what the hell? Like, who does he think he is?
0: No, but that's the thing. This marriage process, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's, like, constantly, like, People will try to, as a woman, will try to find something that, oh, if it's not your age, then it's something else. If it's not something else, then it's something else. Then it's not something else. I don't know, maybe it's a manipulation tactic. I have no idea. But like, it's just, it's just extremely stressful. I don't know if I feel the same way. I,
4: I remember the second I got mm-hmm. engaged again, the second engagement, the one thing that everybody did instead of congratulating me was I hope you keep this one. Oh, my God, six months and you're going to leave. I didn't choose to leave my ex-fiance. He left me, if anything, and it, we broke up because his mom told him it's either medical school or Sahar, you know? Like, at that point, it's like, I didn't choose that, but it's the, it's being so insensitive of, like, other people's emotions. Like, I didn't choose that. That wasn't my, I didn't, I didn't go into a relationship to get broken up with. I didn't get into a relationship to be left, or you know what I mean? So even when I'm married, I didn't get there to be divorced. And that wasn't my mindset when I came into a marriage or I came into an engagement, right? And and that's what I kept hearing from people is ah-ha-ha, I hope you keep this one. Aha, ah, I hope he doesn't run away. And I'm just like Am I the problem? Am I Am I like I'm already looked down upon and I'm not even married and there wasn't no ket bikdab, no nikah, no, nothing. There's no paperwork. There's no kids. There's nothing even sexual. Why am I already this used good when I'm not even a used good, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 like, it's... <laughs> I, I even remember after that, a guy wanted to ask for my hand and I told him I was engaged. And he thought it was so shameful that I was engaged. And he's like, you're engaged, so you're used. I'm like, no, I didn't do my I'm Like, I, I've met him three times, barely. Like, I don't know the guy. But if I told him I had an ex and I dated a guy, a couple guys, that's fine. I dated a couple guys, that's totally understandable. Yeah. And I've realized I can't even go around and be like, yeah, I actually approached in a halal manner and got engaged and got my family involved. But if you have a boyfriend, that is normalized. So it became to the point that when I met my second fiance, I was like, I have to tell you something. It's kind of like, I don't know, I'm kind of ashamed. It reached the point that I thought it was shameful i'm like i don't know if you're gonna be okay with it but i was engaged and he's like okay and i'm like no like i was engaged and he's like okay and i'm like no like i had a guy in my life that i was engaged and he's like yeah i was like no like you're fine with that and he's like and eventually like four months down the relationship he goes I was telling him, like, oh, yeah, like, I did my Fatiha. I didn't even do my Nikah. And he's like, wait, so you weren't married? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, then why were you saying that? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, dude, I thought you were, like, married and, like, you know, did the did. you know what I mean? Like, you did it. And, like, you almost, you know, a couple years later, you would have had kids. I was like, no, like, nothing like that. And he's like, even with that, I would have accepted you. I don't care. He's like, that's you. That's your journey. He's like, I'm not any better. Like, you're not less worthy. But that's him. But also, it's because he's extreme. He hates it when I say this. So you guys can cut it out. But he's extremely Westernized. <laughs> he
0: like he was born and raised in.
1: I'm, but I'm Westernized. You know, it's my
0: whole point, though, because uh, sorry to cut you off, Osamra. This is exactly my point. It's like the religious guys are the ones more judgmental. Are the ones who do not actually, unfortunately, and religious follow the quran and sunnah to realize that khadijah radiallahu anha first marriage was actually a divorce she was first divorced and then a widow and they're the types of person people that would be like no uh like all the prophet only married people that were widows not divorcees no habibi look at the sirah, look at the seerah and this is exactly what i mean and it kills me because inside because it's like a lot of men who are not that religious who are more westernized which is you know it has its positives and it's negatives I just weirdly enough sometimes the men that actually follow things in the you know, without them even realizing it. without them like you know like past sins for example they're the types to be like look man i'm, I'm gonna judge you for who you are today but a lot of quote-unquote religious men would be like so 1996 on this day what did you do what happened did you ever do this did you ever do that
1: osama sorry go ahead i feel like i cut you off no, it's okay. I love your point. I was just going to say that uh, to add on to both your points. I'm actually more Westernized in terms of like, I'm more of a white boy Arab in a good way though. Like, I and again, like I like the Canadian culture, but I'm not going to go drinking or none of that stuff. Like I love hockey, which is ironic because ain't no Arab person watching <laughs> hockey. I love hockey. Ask anybody. And I'll get to my point, ask anybody. I'm like, deal. like for example, one time I meet Muhammad went to dinner. It was like the hockey playoffs. He was paying attention to basketball, loved basketball, but I was the only guy, no white person was watching hockey except for me. I'm like, put the hockey game on. But the thing that I want to say is this, is like for me, I have one rule. And the rule is... be anything you do before you met me is anything you do before you met me i don't care if you're divorced i don't care if you're whatever you did you did drugs you drank that does not concern me And i'll tell you why it's because we all do mistakes we cannot hold people to standards and be like i expect you to be this expectations is what allows us to fail i cannot go to a girl and be like yo you gotta be a saint you can't do this you can't do this well i'm being hypocritical because i've had my own my own mistakes my own sins. Exactly. i think as a man like Arab culturally, there's a lot of things I disagree with. That's just why I don't have a lot of Arab friends. A lot of my friends happen to be Black, Jamaican, African. I have a lot of Algerian friends, and obviously, some if you know Algerians, some of them are actually not Arab. And uh, a lot of the times when I have conversations with them, for me, it's like I realize a lot of my Palestinian friends are wrong with what the way, they were, even my Lebanese are friends, they're wrong with Algerians the way they treat Are you saying Algerians are less toxic than women.
4: Palestinians?
1: Well, listen, the, a lot of them I can't I can't be exposing them like this because I have a, I grew up are with
4: you? them. Where?
1: <laughs> listen, but listen, the, the Algerians I know—they're only talked to when it comes to soccer. Aside from that, it's like you Jersey's know,
4: not all I settled but, for the North African. Guys. Sorry, I went for the Algerians. Yeah, but,
1: they're but, way but the more thing is, than like, fasting. even the. <laughs> <laughs> But even even the said point like she was saying that she goes if she she was to marry she would go marry outside of the Middle Eastern culture. I understand that because at one point I even did not want to consider an Arab just because I don't get along with them as much. Because a lot of the times Arabs would be like, "You had, you're not married yet, you're 28." I'm like, "Bro," as one of the, one of the Arab dads went up to me and legit gave me a lecture. He's like, "I'm like," he was like, "Uh, he's like, you know, you'll never get married if you like, you don't try." I'm like, "Bro, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "You make it think like it's if if I was Allah Allah, I would have got married immediately." Like I'm, I'm not sure what what's wrong with your with with your brain and how it processes information. I think a lot of men have to understand, even a lot of women have to understand. One, don't judge anybody by their sins or by by their mistakes. You as people don't have to tell so and so if you did something 20 years ago, 15 years ago. That's up to you. If you fully repented, you know, no one has, no one else has to know. Unless, unless you know it's gonna come back, then I would say go tell so and so, hey, I did this, I got arrested, or like I think it might come up just to let you know, so and so. But if you know it's never gonna come up. It's between you and Allah. You don't have to say it. Men who judge, yeah, I was going to say, men who who judge other women are hypocritical. You as an Arab man, you as an African man, Jamaican man, whatever, keep your mouth shut. Allah has brought you a princess, a queen to you and her dad's not going to let her go without him believing in you allowing that you're going to take care of her. And again, like a lot of of my friends will be saying, oh, you're only saying that because there's a woman on the podcast. No, I've been saying this my whole life. And, I, I really have. I, I just really think I have a sister too. Like, my sister, if someone, even my brother in law, I love him, but like, she, like, watching her go through her process and see how she went down before she got married, and it was interesting to me. Even Muhammad, like, who was like not my blood brother, but like, I consider him a brother. Watching him and how, how he did, how sometimes he, he even did certain things he would ask it. Sometimes you have to swallow your pride as a man and be like, okay, cool. She was living without me for a couple of years. I have to accept that she sinned by herself. And you have to accept Muslim, that like it every, or not.
4: And, well, every Muslim, every human is a sinner. Every human. And I've learned this the hard way too. I've learned this where I've met people that prayed and that memorized the Quran and that drew such a perfect picture. But, you know, and I'm going to make another point about households, right? That drew a perfect picture of like, wow, they're so religious, but they've done the most. And it doesn't have to be that. You guys understand. It doesn't have to be, I slept with this person. No, no, no but you can do everything but that. And that's still wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it also depends on the character, like a guy's character. I've, I've met people where they would say, yeah, like I spoke to this person and that person and this person and that person. They did this and that and this, and this girl's body was like this, and this girl's body was better than that girl's body. And I'm just like, why do I need to know this? Right. Or like, I'm just letting you know, like I used to do this. I'm letting you know I used to do this, but I've never had sex. Sex. I've never had that. I never. I never did that. But I did everything that would lead to that, but that. That's when I stopped myself, and that's when I know I'm a good person because I, 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 don't, I don't drink. I, I pray, and I read Quran, and but I done all this. But I think my prayer can like you know what I mean. And then I have met other people where. I don't want to talk about my past. I do have a past. I I hate my past. I was really young. I really don't want to talk about it. I don't want to go back to it. Um, I will tell you I do have a past. Will you be okay with that? Like, are you gonna accept me for that? I I've repented. I don't want to go into details, but I will tell you the basics A, B, and C. I did this, this, and that. I used to do this, and I used to do this, and mm-hmm. I used to do this. But I don't want to go into details, and I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to talk about names. I don't want to mention names. I don't want to do it. You respect that, because I used to be the type to be. I like, wouldn't. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> See, but no, that's different. Like, to me, to me, I'm always like people sin, right. If you're telling me like, Osama said, if you used to drink, if you used to party, if you used to do that, and you stopped it and you've repented, in my opinion, no man is perfect and no woman's perfect. In my opinion, and I've seen it all. I I promise you, I've seen it all. I've seen the versions that act worse than the non versions.
3: I've seen I've seen the yeah, but they could use it against you. They could use that against you in the future. Like If you were them, to fight over anything or if they made a mistake no, right about, about something right and they would like, that. oh, yeah.
4: But I'm talking about like men anything. telling me, right? I rather for me, I accepted yeah. the fact that men have passed. I used to not. I used to be like, I want a guy that has, yeah. you know, but that was me at one point where I'm like, I want a version. I want a guy that's perfect. I want a guy that's on his deed, that's never drank. that's never partied. But I've realized even if they've never drank or have had sex or whatever they've done everything else, you know, that's not that, you know, but that's not the only, and they think that this is less than that. And I've told this to my friends. I was like, I know people that are, you know, you know, there that haven't even done it, that haven't done it, but they, you know, Mm -hmm. they go out and they go party and they expose their bodies and they do everything but that, that doesn't make them innocent. That doesn't make them innocent. Meanwhile, there's, I know, uh, you know, there there's so and so that at one point made the mistake and fell in love and had it and did it, whether it's a girl or a guy, at one point when they were younger and regret it and then became closer to their De deen and got closer to Rabna. And then, you know, they're way better than that person that's still doing it but didn't do the, you know, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, it's like, you're right, Salwa, about not telling the guy. And I'll be honest with you. There are things that I've told that weren't held against me that weren't even a big deal. Like, oh, I spoke to this person. Oh my god, he spoke to that person and he looks like that or he is like that. Oh, you're oh, what type of person you are for even
3: talking to a guy like that. And that's just talking. So like imagine, right? Like that's so childish. Like that's so childish and you should like if you're talking to someone like that, if there's someone like that in your life, like that is not he's not the person 100%. for you. you know that he's immature. No, one
0: hundred
4: percent person he's not ready for. A hundred percent. Because like, and, and no.
3: I, I feel like the less details you tell someone about your past, the better, because 100%. they just don't need to know. Why is there? And so my much mom
4: told me this too. My mom told me and sat me down and said, "Listen, your past is your past. Nobody needs to know about it." I am the type of person to, uh, you. you know, I just let go of everything, and I'm like, "Here is my history. Will yeah. you accept me?" <laughs> and then, you know, in the mean, you know, maybe. At, at, in the moment, they're like, oh, no, it's okay, but Selma was right. Eventually, if a problem goes around, both sides, by the way, the girl can use something against the guy and be like, well, you did this, you know, it's both sides, by the way. Both humans can be hypocrites hypocrites, and narcissists. They can they can try to like, you know, make you feel less of, you know, whatever, less than you know yourself, just because you've done this, and they'll, they'll try to twist it to make themselves, and we do that. We self-sabotage ourselves all the time. And we like to sabotage other people. Like when I'm arguing and I want to hurt that person, I go, yeah, well, I feel bad for you because you even allowed yourself to do the, 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 and, but it does take maturity. It does take, you know, you need to grow out of that and realize you're just hurting the other person. And if anything, it makes that person resent even like, you know, you never know. You might even have that person go Mm -hmm. back to what they used to do. You know, if you keep talking about you're not good enough because you have a past, you're not good enough because you did this. You used to party, you, 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 you. But they're getting closer to the end. They're like, "What's the point of all this? Screw that." You know, I rather if this is my picture to the world, I would rather just be that person, right? So, I mean, it's tough. I mean, like it's it is hard. I I'll be honest. I am the person to tell. I do. I I talk about my past. I don't have a. I don't have a. Uh, a pitch white black, a past, but I don't have a bad past. But uh, you know, if I was to give advice to people, I would say keep it to yourself. Like like you said, if if it's not, if you know it's not gonna get out there, keep it to yourself. And I knew that certain things that I went through would never go out there, but I still didn't keep it to myself. And honestly, if you if we even go into Islam guys, we're exposing our sins. If Allah's hiding something and if Allah's keeping that between you and God Why are you exposing your sins? Because that person might not be your person and maybe tell other people and then boom, your sins are exposed. Right? So there is there's a there's a reason why before marriage you don't you don't have to ever tell your spouse about anything you've ever done in your past because it can it can sabotage the relationship. But again, we're all like you know in our 20s, I'm 23, I'm still I'm still learning. I'm still growing, guys. I make mistakes on a daily. I mean, I can't get over the fact that I said essays over essays over essays. I still can't get over it. Even when my mom was like, read it to me. I was like, I'm too ashamed to read it. And when I was reading it, I was like, I said that. <laughs> it's like, I was, my mom was like, why would you say all this? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just needed to talk to, and I just, I just went crazy, mom. My mom looked at me my mom was like, and you think you're going to get married and you're ready to open a house and be married? And I was like, yeah, I think so. you
2: know you'll have a PhD in uh, interpersonal (laughs) dynamics Um, but in closing though because you guys have made a lot of beautiful points I just want you guys to make final remarks speak to those who've listened this whole entire time give advice to those who might be on a path that's straight all over the place and they don't know what to do and you guys have offered beautiful answers timeless answers and i want you guys just to speak to those people whether it's young men young women who connected so far and to let them know that their journey is not for waste they still have time they still have God on their side and what could you offer them that you usually offer yourself during the moment of reflection and introspectiveness
0: i think wait like closing remarks right like just i would say um always remember that it's your decisions not your conditions that make who you are and a big part of your decisions are like what you do every day who you surround yourself with who you allow to have an opinion on your life or to have an influence on your life that's a big part of who you become right and including how how you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well because like if you have people around you all the time telling you oh you you know you didn't hit this mark or you didn't do this, or you should have done this, or always um, blaming you, you start, you know, having doubts in your qadr and in things that are supposed to be meant for you, right? Um, So I would just say, remember that it's your decisions, not your conditions, and you always have the decision. You, you always, the decision is in your hands to do whatever you want to be able to live your most authentic and best life. Um,
3: my advice would be to pray your prayers, <laughs> Sonu was such a mom. I love it. Don't don't hurt anybody's feelings. Don't do to others what you wouldn't want done to you. And if you're a young man that wants to get married, make sure that you are mentally and emotionally stable and ready to take on another human being in your life to support. And I mean, I guess that's it. I don't know. Just be a good person, for Allah. <laughs> um, I would say
4: this is so tough. I can talk for hours, but when it comes to like, say something for the young people. Give advice. I'm just like ah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, stay true to who you are, and always reflect. I would say, always reflect, always, always. No matter what you do in life, no matter how you approach it, whether it's work, education, relationship, school always you know think about your actions think about what you have to say think and if you make the mistake it's okay it's not the end of the world if you make a mistake just reflect and go back on and just fix it be the be a better person and learn from it if you make it once twice three times four times it's not the end of the day it's not the end of the world you can if you have it honestly I always tell people as long as you live in this world and as long as you're breathing there's always a chance right as long as you know, you wake up and you're healthy and you're content and you're good, you're, you're, you're great. You know, uh, another thing I would always, you know, I, I tell people is istighfar, dhikr, istighfar. Always put Allah in front of you, no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish, no matter how bad you've messed up or you've done good, put Allah in front of your eyes and always thank Allah for everything, whether it's good or bad um you know by the end of the day we we can be at our lowest point but you know if if we have iman it's always there's always a bright side you know um by the end of the tunnel there is light right like (laughs) so i always I'll, i'll say just just stay true to you be good to people um and yeah like and be good to you yourself yourself always Love yourself. Love yourself before loving anybody. Be happy. And this is an advice I take for myself. And I've been thinking about this recently too. Love you before loving anybody. Be happy with you and do not rely on anybody to give you happiness. Because if you expect happiness from people, you will never be happy and content. Because you are in this world for yourself. You're going to leave this world. You came by yourself. You're going to leave this world by yourself. You're only for you and relationships your parents they're not there for you forever even relationships they're not always there for you so you need to be happy with you to be able to thrive to able to be able to move forward and and yeah just keeping you know um making a goal to to leave a good um footprint in this world you know be be good
1: you guys thought we were done i don't think so we still got to wrap it up Please follow me at KUSA300. Follow my co-host Muhammad at Global. Make sure to follow our page at Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe to all our platforms. We drop every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Thank you. We'll see you next week.